No contents on that. I don't need to know no updates on it. But that man has a whiteboard with nine <laughs> goals on it. And as you guys have been sitting here identifying with us, I am happy to say that we have finally identified with Chris Cooper. So I appreciate you coming on to the show. And for you guys out there, continue to be good to one another. More than ever, now we need good people. And good people are hard to come by because being bad is easy. And that's why dumb people are here. So you need to step above the standard. What? But no, no, I was just looking at the book. Oh, you didn't ruin my outro. What's wrong with you? To my ideologies and to my uh, way of life, I I defend the weak. I side with the with the minority. I don't care if the right side is on the right side. I care about being on the right side of the people versus your ideology. You know. But this stemming from a larger picture, I feel like because black leadership in America is non-existent or has always been perceived as weak, if you think about it in in the big picture, uh, inherently defiant people in our culture don't do well when they're black. Even the peaceful ones were taken out and. With that being said, it makes it a lot harder for us to really take apart the dichotomy of what's affecting the black community without really understanding what is attributing to the black community's downfall. And a big part of our downfall is our inability to shun bad actors in our group. Who is a bad actor, you say, in our group? Does the name Alfredo Bowman ring a bell? It should. Because if you don't know who he really is, then I'm not really surprised that you've been fooled with the imposter that he has been pretending to be long before he died. And the fact that a lot of people are carrying on his name long after he is dead. We are recording on the audio. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Stepping into 2020, Lord. Stepping in. How did we... We stepped into 2020 seven months late. I know. We should have stayed in 2020. We should have stayed in October. Yeah. yeah, But but this this is probably... This is more efficient. And at least we can still do... The identity identity booth. Finally, the the cat in the suit is back. 
<laughs> I, there is a part of me that says we have the wrong to thank for this because before this point, I'm going to tell y'all straight up, Eric has been, he's been preaching this to me, but I've been re- redundant and reluctant to even try it. So once again, just like how we got the video started on this because of Eric, we're now doing this through Zoom and we're getting this information out okay, to, to, be, to be To be fair to the people, bro, neither one of us wanted to do this. It's not the same as us sitting next to each other, elbowing each other in the arm when we disagree. It's not the same. We wanted to be able to fight each other. Yeah. And now, and, hey, we got the booth, so now we're going to be able to do that. So yeah. uh, let's clap sync for, yeah. the, for the first time in 2020. <laughs> Three, two, one. There's so much like going on right now about the defund the police thing. And a lot of people don't understand inherently what this means. But what I won't allow to happen is people to hijack the conversation. I won't allow people to fear monger black people especially into fearing the idea of the world being uh a worse off place without police understand how police got here understand the inherent racism behind police they were designed to be slave catchers and when slaves no longer existed they were designed to be slave or uh the amalgamation of trying to enforce Jim Crow and and post-racism, post-slavery acts and things of that nature. And now that, you know, Jim Crow and segregation and all these things are gone, the police are still here. The, uh, think about that. Something that was created to hurt you has evolved over time and is still fucking you up. And people are mad that we want to defund them. People are mad we want to abolish them. Police aren't good people to black people. They've never been. They were never designed for. The day he said he had selective humor, I was like, at least you admitted to it. Because most niggas ain't gonna be like, I got selective here. I mean, who no. don't? No, he was my dentist. Like he, he was. You need to be able to hear. Ouch! I'm in pain. I can't see. This gas is a little strong. He needs to be able to hear these things. I don't know if I trust him. See how it goes. All right, here we go. You ready? You 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 good? We've already done the Do you know the name of the show? Of <laughs> wait, it's something about shadow, right? <laughs> it's shadow box. Shadow box. <laughs> No, I'm just playing. It's called the identity booth. All right. That's going to be part booth. of it. I knew it was something. I knew if there was a structure. I just couldn't place it. Don't worry. You're going to join the list of people who do not know the name of the the show that they are on. Join the walk with a wall of shame. You'll see your picture up there. No. Uh, as if, it, if my recollection is correct, it's been three months since the stay-at-home order has gone into effect um people like me who have been honoring this request have been choosing to stay indoors and not exploring the outside world because of a the type of work i'm doing and b because black people seem to be dying at a faster rate due to this uh due to like underlining issues and i'm just not willing to take a risk with that because i had asthma as a kid Yada, yada, yada. I know a lot of old people. I know a lot of black people. want to keep y'all safe. So I'm doing my part. 
But something has been uh, happening in the last few days. And I'm going to get into this later. But just for reference, a lot of people have been, uh, you know, during this pandemic, they found a partner to stay in house with. And I commend those people. And I want you to take a look at your partner. I don't know if you guys are listening to this together. If you're not listening this to this together, look at them. But if you guys are, you know, now you both look at each other and just look into each other's eyes and just be like, you know, if we're not married yet, this pandemic has proven to me, as in you guys, that we can do this. Y'all go ahead and get that wedding arranged. I want to be there. I want your wedding to be the first wedding I go to after this pandemic. And for all you people that are like, oh, no, I missed my opportunity with Hero. Uh, don't worry. You'll get your you'll get a second chance because after this Trump rally and all this protesting that's going on, there's definitely going to be a second wave and we're definitely going to be put back into lockdown. So slide into DMs if you want to, you know, bump uglies together. Let's get it. Adios, VA. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna clap. Uh, let me do my thing. Common marks A and B and C cam. Oh! <laughs> he killed it. There you go. Yeah. There you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. That is the first. I never had my clap sync on my own. That's a professional, y'all. <laughs> Oh, it says say where it says recording. All right, cool. All right, so we're going to do this thing called a clapsing. You know what that is? Nope. Okay. You about to have a blast. I'm excited about it. <laughs> so we're going to count on, we're going to count to three and then we're going to clap. Okay. All right. Ready? Okay. Easy tiger. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three perfect yeah yes <laughs> there's gonna be some latency between us but i like like that's what the editing's for it's gonna be magic you won't even you won't even know it all right uh we're about to start got any questions no man i'm ready let's let's go uh, okay F- first question what's the name of the show the name of the show is the uh... identity project am i close hey, i'll give it to you i'll give it to you close right i've got to be close <laughs> so i'm gonna close. add you to the shame i'm gonna add you halfway to the shame and halfway <laughs> to the good part you made it halfway it's the okay. identity booth oh the identity booth i was so close i was so close yeah that's a half c i got a half c half c Half credit, baby. That's it. That's what we do in school. That's all right. So I've been seriously thinking about starting a fans only page, and I know what you're thinking, like, but hero, what what will your girlfriend think? And the truth is, I don't have a girlfriend, so she ain't thinking about shit. But my fans only page wouldn't be on some sexual shit. It would really be like uh, on some comforting, soul nurturing, like lovey dovey. 
I, I think the name would be like uh, Cuddles with Chunky, like Chunk, like something like Chunky Cuddles. Like, yeah, that, like you just, just come here, just put your head right in the middle of my burly chest, you know, with the hair on it, you know, with the good scent you like, and you have my oversized hoodie on, and it's just, you wrapped up, you bundled up, and you just put your head here, and you just mutter the day's problems away into the center of my big burly chest and I'll and I'll listen to you and I would hear to you and you could just tell me about how Karen from fucking finance steady trying to tell you how to do your damn job even though you were promoted before her and you're considered to be a senior executive member on that team she keeps talking to you like she knows what she's talking about but you just let her have it because she's been there the longest but she never got the promotion that you got so there's a little bit of shade there but you could tell me that i would listen to that i am here for that as long as you're willing to pay 24.99 per hour everybody's a little nervous when they first come on to the podcast so i gotta i gotta check on my guests you know i gotta throw i gotta throw them are right, you sure? Okay, let's find out. First question. You ready? All right. What's the name of the podcast? I just looked at it too. The inter. Uh, <laughs> you got me real good. <laughs> it's the identity booth. All right, go ahead, put on it. Go ahead, put on your best smile because right now there's a picture of everyone else who got the answer wrong, and you're now part of the club. Congratulations, <laughs> Coach. <laughs> I appreciate it. Let me give you perspective on a situation we've all heard about. Did you know? George Floyd had the police called on him for allegedly using a fake counter $20 bill. But we now know that that alleged $20 bill was real and that a super uh, uh, a clerk at a gas station or wherever the place he was at actually ran the $20 through one of those little watermark ink things and it passed the test, but that wasn't enough for him. And besides the fact that this company would have easily had the means to, you know, refund the $20 through their insurance or fraud insurance plan. He not only denied him access to purchasing whatever he wanted to purchase, which was cigarettes. He then proceeded to call the police on George Floyd for a $20 bill. The store clerk was an Indian man, which is further exacerbating the issue that, you know, black people are treated differently here because, you know, we were slaves here. Everyone else came here, but we were slaves here. Keep that in the back of your mind because it's $20. George Floyd was killed over $20 that he actually had. So many people should be responsible for his death including the clerk who falsely called the police on a man who just wanted some cigarettes. But when you dig a little bit deeper, you find out that this monster's 
wife actually got in trouble for bouncing a $42 check or $45 check, something like that, which stands to reason. If this monster was so hell bent on enforcing the law and making sure he did everything in his power to keep criminals like George Floyd off the streets, even though, you know, he wasn't really a criminal and he didn't really do anything. What stopped him from, you know, sticking his knee in his wife's neck and really, you know, driving the drills into her and making sure she never broke the law? And then you find out she filed for divorce two days after he was arrested. Almost to say that 40% of officers abusing their spouses and being involved in 60% of domestic disputes is a real thing that maybe we should look into. Or, you know, not. Who cares? Alright, first question. What's the name of the show? What's the name of your show? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I thought you said you was, was gonna, ready. I was, was going to say what I thought, and then I was like, let me not lie to him. Me no, no, I go, go ahead. Let's see how far you get. Come on. Is yeah. he wrong something? Uh, nah, you wrong. I'm wrong? Oh, I thought it's it was It's the identity booth. There's a list of people being like, I'm putting it in post right now. There's a group of people being surrounded around your face of all the failures who come on my show and don't know. I'm one Welcome of them. to the club. I'm one of them. <laughs> you there? We got somebody else interrupting the podcast. I don't know, but they're going. <laughs> I'm sorry if I ever hung up on you. Yeah. Somebody from Buffalo, Illinois. You're not important. Oh, don't say it out loud. <laughs> no. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, you uh, know who you are with that 217 number. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, I know who it is. Oh, you know, a lot of my viewers, a lot of my guests, they, they, they usually fail this this quantitative question first. So we go, I have faith in you. Uh-huh. Do you know the name of the podcast? Damn. I don't. <laughs> That is embarrassing. You know what's so funny? What? On the way here, I went to uh, to iTunes podcast and I was like, I put in Hero H E R H E E R O to see if I could find it, and it didn't come up. A whole bunch of comic stuff came up, and then I went to Facebook because I deleted my Facebook app yeah. after I found out that they like can clue into our audio and stuff. Yeah. So I went to like my web based Facebook, and I'm locked out of my Facebook because I can't remember my password. And that was all on the way here. And hey. I do not know the name of the show I'm It's alright. Right. I have a list and we'll be showing you the list now. So we're going to put an X on your face up there. So you know people who don't know the name of the podcast. Tell you how people are trying to denounce this idea. Defunding the police means just that. Taking away situations, a gun and a low educated person is not needed. Taking away a gun and a low educated person from a situation they are not needed. That is what defunding the police means. Defunding the police is no longer allowing no-knock warrants for a suspicion of drug trafficking when you went when you were supposedly supposed to go to 
the mailmaster and they told you, hey, we think that suspicious, suspicious packages have been sent to this property. And instead of you getting a subpoena to go raid the house, you just get a subpoena from the judge to, you know, look at the mail when that next suspicious, suspicious package arrives. You just examine that mail package. And then when you see that, oh, it's nothing, you know, just like how TSA does their examination of stuff. You put a little letter in, hey, look, we examined this product. We're sorry for opening it. Uh, if there's any damages or any delay to your service, please look, contact us for total reimbursement, you know, whatever, you know, versus showing up to Brianna Taylor's house, kicking down the door, shooting her eight times in plain clothes, expecting her and her boyfriend to comply to your orders while you murder her arrest brianna taylor's murderers you assholes they are murderers we are not satisfied with them being fired we are not satisfied with them being on work release arrest convict and sentence these murderers that is what defunding the police is about. Defunding the police is about sending a healthcare worker with a guard for a wellness check of a 79-year-old, of a 24-year-old woman at, at home with her niece or her nephew playing video games. Not, that, that is taking away responsibilities officers were not trained to handle. Officers already have a hard enough time obeying the laws, such as obeying the right for peaceful protest and peaceful assembly, you know, those basic things, uh, our Fifth Amendment right, our Fourth Amendment right, they have a difficult time acknowledging these things. So we can't expect them to do, to do tasks they weren't even designed to handle. Tatiana was shot in her own house for a wellness check do you know how guilty the next door neighbor feels poor black man who knew like oh there was something bad over there i can't do anything about it because you know i'm an old man but let me call the police and tell them it's not an emergency but the door has been open since 10 p.m and i'm just concerned and instead of you know you could have sent a firefighter you could have sent emt you sent an officer he went he didn't go in through the front door he snuck around the back and when somebody was standing in front of the window inside of their house, he fires two shots within a second of saying, put your hands up from outside. Defund the police. Man, I'm good. And who are you? Because a lot of people watching this, like my goal is to get across a uh, audience and viewership for you. So there's a lot of people out there who's probably cut the course. They don't know what's going on. Yeah. Tell us who you are if you had to tell somebody. I appreciate that question too. Um, I'm, I'm a host at MTV News, uh, but first and foremost, I'm a storyteller who loves African people, the African diaspora, and conscious content, things that elevate the culture. And so, uh, you know, MTV News has a show called Need to Know that airs digitally on our MTV, at MTV News is IGTV and our Twitter page. And so that show is my perspective on news stories as they happen throughout the day. Then I also have a show coming out in January 2020. Excellent, excellent. And diving into more who you are. Yeah. 
you, I, me forever. I've known you since oh, 2003. Uh-huh. So I can say that I know you from an aspect of an American aspect right. and our African aspect. Yeah. Who are those two identities? Yeah, and that's why I said a storyteller too, because even like outside of that, like, um, you know, in African culture, we had griots, you know, oral tradition, stories were passed down. And before I got into journalism, I was a rapper, I was an MC. And I started thinking about, you know, as my life evolved and as I got into broadcasting, I was wondering, is it that I love music or is it that I love sharing my perspective, being myself and telling stories? And that's why I call myself a storyteller sometimes more so than a journalist. But in terms of an African, I'm Ghanaian, first generation. Um, I'm a Newe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a T Pongo. My last name means workhorse. My first name means the pillar of the family. That's and why I am. There's something really important about that because my audience knows me as Hero, but they, the very few of them know me as Ibrahim. It's so important in African culture to speak your name into existence. Yeah. Power, to be the workhorse pillar. Mm. That you literally the foundation and the standing force of your family which mm. is what you are being the first generation mm. you are supporting you are holding the family down right. and you did lay the route that everyone after you has to follow right right so right. you know when they talk about hero Brian Mogashini Abdullah the helping hand of God that is a hero that's a hero so it's wow. like you have to respect it so like yeah. y'all I, I, don't get me wrong Daquan is a beautiful name uh, uh, the job about um, pain and how we respond to pain. He says they have scientifically proven, and he showed us under a microscope, the, the receptors that men have in their body that trigger pain are completely different than the ones women have. Well, as we know historically speaking, science is always, medical science has always been studied from the male perspective, and it's not until recently, like the 1970s, that we have said, oh, women have these things called pheromones. And other types of hormones that make them a little bit different than us. You've noticed that their breasts seem to move funnier than ours. Like <laughs> we, we, we became surprised about basic things that we know. Yeah. But, oh, or what do you want to know about that? How the how the bottle got here? I know how the bottle got here. Okay. That was off camera talk. Okay. All right. So, so now where we at? Well, we've been talking. We we're talking about back that ass up. Okay. So this is all about self care, sex. Back in that ass, that was about self-care. Yes, because it's important to dance and get your emotions out in other ways than crying and journaling and, you know, things. That's fair. Okay, so I made that work. But um, we're talking about self-care and sex and love and black people and a little bit astrology. Astrology, because the Virgo thing and everything. Like, you really paying attention to that. Like, you've been... Because I, I didn't know. I've never really asked before your sign. Like, you know, and... Now that I know, it probably was football season when your birthday would be around. My birthday's always the first fucking day of school. Mm -hmm. So, like, I never paid attention, but now I'm very intentional about looking at people's signs and their What's charts. that one about when people ask you about your, what time you were born? So, that means that they're interested in your rising. So, the way your sign works. And I hate when people say, but I also understand. We're like, well, what's the point of having a sign if you can have other stuff in your chart? Mm -hmm. So, the way your natal chart works is that... They want to know the day you were born, the um, month you were born, the year you were born, the time you were born. So, like, for example, I'm a Leo with an Aries moon, and the time that I was born says that I'm a Capricorn rising. So, the time that you were born is has to do with the mask that you wear or how people perceive you, right? Hmm. Your moon sign is your emotional center, and your sun sign is how you have create creativity or talents. So, your sun sign is Virgo. Okay. 
So that means that like you're analytical, you're loyal, you're fun. You're probably more than likely introverted. Very. Um, yeah. So what about my moon? I don't know. It's the day you were born. It's September 5th. Stop touching your recorder. No. It, it should bother you that Khan from the Jaguars, the only person of color who's an owner in the NFL, is donating to Trump Jacksonville. Robert Kraft, Mr. Get a, get a hand job at a at a massage parlor, donating money. Jerry Jones, donating money to Trump. The narrative continues. And Drew Brees, you know, I already told you. I'm going to be your first black friend. I'm going to tweet that shit at you, man. I'm going to tweet that shit at you. Cap needs something. The NFL needs to formally apologize. They are wrong. Everybody who said his protest was this and that, they were wrong. You can't you can't fight it. You can't deny it anymore. This protest is about why targets are burning down. This protest is about why rioting and looting is going on. This protest is about George Floyd, Sandra Bland, Tatiana, Tamir Rice, Ahmaud Arbery. That's what this protest is about. That's what his kneeling was about. And it took y'all three years to hear that shit out. Three years and a few targets burning down. But y'all got the message loud and clear. Your words mean nothing. Your donations mean nothing. Make change. The NFL has to fundamentally change. So, what happens? What will it take? Is this, is this like, you know, the thing that kind of like pushed this on me is because you're now seeing some kids who go to these big PWIs. Because if I we're calling out, you know, the NFL, let's call out the colleges as well. Where the fuck is Nick Saban? What's the name of the Clemson head coach? Where's uh where's Kirby at? Georgia's coach. Where are all these head coaches making 7.23 million dollars off of these black athletes who don't get paid nothing? I don't see none of them talking about this shit. Alabama is so focused on playing football. They got players catching the coronavirus just so they can practice. Me personally, the football season and all that shit is dead. Because guess what? The coronavirus is going to be coming back when? In the football season. This shit is dead. The NBA is trying to come back. No fans in this. It's not feasible to think that this is something that we should be focused on. I literally was this nurse. I got her name Sophie. I can I can say her name on the podcast because she she watches podcasts. We have rules on the podcast. I didn't tell you. Rule number one: don't use names unless they're gonna watch the podcast or they've been on the podcast. Rule two: don't give out locations. Rule three: don't talk about you. Something my mom made up. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, that, it's a, an African yeah, Don't tell people what you are using. Yeah. Yeah. Use it against you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I your food, then what? 
Okay, so a little backstory. Um, I was friends with a young man for a whole year. Um, our first date was on Valentine's Day. Wait, hold on, friends on that person for a year? Yes, we were. F- <laughs> I mean, I guess technically, yes, he was friends on for a whole year. Um, hey, he a soldier. He a soldier. Yeah, and actually, he tried to like break away from me, but I wouldn't let him. Like mid. That mid-year, maybe like six months. Because, like, I really enjoyed his friendship. And I didn't want him to feel some type of way because the feelings weren't returned. And I wanted him to know, like, we can still have this friendship, um, even though it's not romantic. Um, so, anyway, I I kind of... It was, it was Valentine's Day 2020. And I was like, okay, you know what? We should commemorate our one year friendship anniversary. (laughs) And he was like, I refuse to celebrate one year of being in a friend zone with you. I refuse. Absolutely. Yeah, get your balls out the purse, man. You a grown man. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm with it. I'm with it. He put his foot down. And so uh, we ended up hanging out the day before on the 13th. And so I was like asking him what he was going to do. On Valentine's Day. And um, one of his friends is a chef. And she had a little like couples cooking together something event. And he was taking some somebody else. And he was telling me about it. And I was low-key feeling some type of way. Um, but, you know, I hadn't really, I hadn't voiced that there were feelings. I hadn't said anything. So, you know, he's a free agent. He can do whatever he wants to do. You goddamn right. It's America. You're free. Right. So, um, Valentine's night, I was like, my stomach was a little bit in knots because I knew how I was feeling, but I just wasn't sure how to navigate everything in moving from our friendship journey to a relationship journey but I felt like I should tell him right so I finally got it out there and he was like I like you too um but even you know a couple weeks after that I was still like nervous because the last thing I wanted to do was like hurt him he was a very good friend like we would talk just about every day maybe not on the phone but it would be like on a text message or on instagram sending a funny meme so he was really like a part of my life and i was a part of his life um so and the thing i really loved about our friendship is that like i travel a lot for work i travel every week he travels as well for his job he's an entrepreneur and we could meet up on the weekends you know and have fun have a blast Um, but you know, Rona slowed both of us down, but him more so with him being an entrepreneur, but it didn't, it slowed me down in the sense that I wasn't traveling, but I am still very much so doing all of the work that is required of me, um, via Skype and other type of platforms. Um, in addition to that, I do have elderly parents here that I, um, I don't want to say I take care of because they're very actually independent. They probably take care of me more so. Um, But sometimes they require um, uh, my energy or my time or they want me to do things with them. Um, So and he lives by himself. So I'm you know, I'm working. I have 
my parents. I have, you know, other family members that may be coming by or we might have to go see them. I have errands to run. Um, and he expressed that he wanted to spend more time together. So I can't blame him. Can't blame him. Right. I, I started incorporating more time. Um, we started working out together, um, with his trainer on zoom and, um, it was okay. But with me, me being an introvert, I've never been the type to need or want to be under someone. Um, I'm very used to being independent. Like I have a brother, but we're 19 years apart. My brother, um, just turned 52. So I'm very much so used to being by myself so it was definitely an adjustment um and it stopped feeling fun like it was almost that's that's a key word right there yeah it just wasn't fun and exciting i felt like the weekends would be fun and exciting you know something to look forward to but it wasn't as fun that people in their Whole lifetime would never be able to do. Like I tell, I say that with double thing. We're thinking about the concepts of graduating, having multiple forms of revenue that have all sufficed to survive, to helping you survive in this world. To now doing something that you're passionate about. What is next? He almost made me cry. You see this? My eyes are watering. I ain't gonna lie. This man right here. I'm not. I'm, I'm not even joking. I'm not being funny. I'm not, my eyes are watering. But yeah. Uh, like, what's I, next? Let me, let, me, let me tell y'all something. Like y'all know, like true context. This is something like ten years in the making. It's not like I've talked to magic. Like I'm an adult friend of him. Adult We. I'm his adult friend. That yes. means if he needed something in a heartbeat and he had the nerve to call me to do it, that means his dad and I have to do it. Yeah. 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 I'm not going to call him and check on him every day. I probably miss a few birthdays. But we have been, he has seen me sweat. He has seen me cry. He has seen me lose. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, He has seen me at my worst. I I sometimes wonder if people who see me at my best deserve that. People like him do. Because he knows what the worst of me is. So like, raw emotions can be shown. And it's only going to be shown when you have a certain appreciation for who it's coming from. So... You hit the nail on the head, bro. Hit the nail on the head, man. What's next is uh, I'm working on a film about Black identity and the relationship between Africans and African Americans. There's a short run of it, like a sizzle reel of some of what we're working on and thinking through on my website at uh, domatinet <clears throat> slash Ghana. So you guys can check that out. But uh, I hope to release it on some platform. Uh, 2021. Um, but that's that's what's next. So <clears throat> filmmaking. Um, yeah, man. And then uh, I want to get I'm gonna drop an EP probably that year too, maybe 2021. You know, release some music. So, uh, but this this more in the more immediate future, uh, I really want to dominate um, the way I tell stories. I really want to master. Uh, the art of, of journalism and, and really telling stories that matter. So. Such a divide between men and women in this country when we are supposed to have a symbiotic relationship. And I'm finding more and more women are are older and unmarried and have no children. I, there was an article in Psychology Today. It's, it's fairly old. And, I think I, and I've talked to her about this. It's fairly old. It was written about seven years ago. It says the 
most unhappy person in a in a, in this country is an unman a, a woman who's never been married, no children, lives in a house by herself, makes less than a hundred thousand dollars. She said that woman is statistically depressed. And said, and the happiest person in this country is a man, average age of thirty nine, with a, a median household income of one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollars, that's married and has at least one child. As I can. We keep getting bombarded with the thing. The old way of thinking is wrong. And I was like, mm, to a degree. But some of those traditions matter. And, and, for, and for most guys, I talk to my wife about it all the time. Like, there's, guys haven't really changed what we want in women. You want to drop off this, pay bills, and eat. Yeah, bro. We don't have a lot of requirements, dude. And you know, she's going to do race car things. Of course. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to come to the track with me. Even though Shawnee wouldn't let me buy my tickets to the Formula One race. I'm just saying. She wouldn't let me pay $1,700 for the ticket. I'm yeah, just gonna good job, Shawnee. There. Good job. Yeah, <laughs> Mo, would you go to the race with me? Mo has his own life livelihood, so he's taken care of. What would you need in order for you to say, like, yeah, I'm ready to start doing this full time? I wouldn't say I would necessarily need anything. I think the issue would be learning more. I guess what I would need is just more educational of just the business aspect of everything. Mm -hmm. Because when you when you start a business, they're going to be they're going to be sacrifices, and making sure that you're okay with living with those sacrifices, and making sure that you put yourself in a financial position as well as a mental position. Because starting a business is more mental than it is financial. Um, because you no longer have that safety net. Like me being an attorney, I work, I settle cases, I get paid for settling cases. Um, I don't have to worry about if I don't settle a case this week, would I get paid? But once you start your own business, you have to understand that if you're not bringing any money in for your business, you're not, you're not getting any money. Um, and even though that sounds like a financial strain, it's really a mental toughness. Because a lot of times, a lot of businesses fail because people give up too early. Because that financial strain affects them more mentally than it's actually affecting their pockets. Maybe they're not able to do the posts on Instagram. Maybe they're not able to do this. And maybe they're not able to take this trip with their friends. But those are all sacrifices. And that mentally destroys people. So I think at this point right now, I think that I'm learning more about businesses and more about business knowledge, actually, and gaining more of a establishment as my as a lawyer in the legal field, so that when I do transition fully over to Super C, I can still bring in all the legal knowledge I learned, all the business etiquettes that I learned to bring into Super C. So it's just a just a learning process. It's not something like necessarily I would need. It's something that I'm building so I can go ahead and do it. It's structure is what I'm hearing. You need to yes. have a, a, a structure. Like, uh, there's a reason why these big uh, companies who get bought up by these other big companies don't really branch out. Uh, I use Project ETO, for example. That was an idea that I had back in 2014. And the problem that I ran into immediately was there's no way I can scale this on demand. There's no way that I can update this database on demand. And it was because of in infrastructure. So I think it's super important that you're building this base and you have this this foundation where, you, from a standpoint of law, that you can then help bridge and build this gap into. And that's sort of where we're going to push into now because you talked about a lot of the services in the beginning. But I want to know, like, because I, I think for sure people take for granted, like, 
or not even take for granted, but don't think that it's them. They don't think that, oh, my credit is fine. Like, I got a few astounding bills and stuff like that. But your credit is never perfect. You can always build on it. There is there is a threshold. To do. So what is the advice you want to give to people out here who probably have that car note or some student loans affecting their stuff right now but don't want to seek guidance on it? Well, if they don't want to seek guidance, it's really hard to tell them anything. Um, but <laughs> if they do want to seek guidance, um, I would definitely say contact us, and we'll definitely give you some guidance on that. Uh, Super C Group is really very, very versed about credit repair as well as financial literacy and teaching you about some ins and outs using the Fair Credit Reporting Act. Um, Simeon Brown, who is my business partner, he is a vice president in the company that we work for that repairs credit. And he's excellent uh, with all the knowledge and information he can give you. He's my mentor in the credit business of teaching me how to help others. So I, what I would, my advice to them would be go check your credit score. Um, for credit Karma is a nice website and there's other free credit report and other credit report sites that you can use. Because a lot of people think they got good credit until they actually see those numbers. I was uh-huh. one of those people. I was one of those people who thought I had good credit, and then I and then I checked, and I was like, "Wait, what happened?" And they were like, "Say, yeah, bro, you been you 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 went to Canada and made a lot of money, and you didn't tell nobody." I was like, "Hey, right?" <laughs> right. Wait a and, it, and, it, and things like that happen. I mean, there's misreporting. There's um, that's something very reporting. True. Yes, that is misreporting and accurate reporting. You can have if they don't spell your have... name right. Your stuff is going to be wrong. Yes, and then you have people who have similar names. There are some mm-hmm. easy names like a John Smith or a Willie Williams or a Lisa Washington or something like that. Like these names are very common, and yeah. these credit companies immediately just push it to these names, and it gives you your fake false credit report. So those negative items impact your credit score, um, and that's information that we help to make sure that all everything's in your credit report is completely accurate, and that you were. The person who dealt with that situation. And a lot of times, this is a lot of bad reporting and credit reporting. I might have zero distractions and the world might be on fire, but there's nothing beholding me to wanting to go outside in the first place because of my mission here. I'm here to get something done and leave. And once I get whatever I need, I can then go back to enjoying my life with people I want to enjoy. And that's not a slight to the hillbillies of Nebraska. It's just facts. The people that love me aren't here. And I'm okay with that. And they should be okay with that too. But that doesn't mean I didn't meet excellent or great people while I was here. So that's one aspect of it. And, and because of school and because of things that I'm doing, I can, I can keep a hard line focus. That is my, that is my son. I wake up and I focus on it and I move towards it every day. In addition to that, I am a I am a extrovert. No, I'm lying. I am an introvert with a very short half-life of extrovert energy. What does this mean? It means if you had to drag me outside, I'm very charming. But I will run out of energy eventually and require my alone time. And that alone time might not involve you for dragging me the fuck outside. 
and people don't take this serious because they see me as a jovial or interactive person. But people who really know me know I would much rather sit alone and do absolutely nothing with the outside world because I have so many things at my disposal. I have my comic book. I have this podcast. I have studying. I have editing. I have drawing. I have my computer, internet, and several video games I have not beaten yet. Plus my guitar and this is an isolation paradise. I have rooms dedicated to my house for specific things. I have a guitar room. I have a drawing room. I have an editing room. I have a study room. It is great. And I love my life. I designed my house. I designed my space of peace to revolve around being happy at home. Internal happiness is the only happiness you should ever be focused on. If you have to go outside to get your happiness... I feel sorry for you. I, everybody's told me, like, Jeremiah's told me to watch that. Mm-hmm. Guillermo's told me to watch that. These two, they've been on the you podcast. You're dropping it. Oh, they've been on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> I know my rules. Yo, why are you just trying to come for me? Anyway, let me start the show. Hey, welcome to the Identity Booth. This is your boy, Hero. Like, share, subscribe. But we have a celebrity in the house for the second time. Y'all seen the first episode, so y'all already know. This is this is Mama Bear. This is Jen. She's here. Hi. She changed clothes. <laughs> Because you know she didn't want to be on the podcast wearing the same thing, but you Not know the same thing twice. But you know it's the same episode because I still got the shirt on. I don't care. She even changed the board and she reminded me to plug in the light. I did. So, Back that ass up. That's today's topic. She she ain't broke the seal, y'all. So she gonna be here for a while. Good luck. Coffee to me. in my cup. Coffee in the cup. And uh, we were. This is her episode, so she's going to talk about whatever she wants for however she likes. Uh, I always like doing this with my guests because I they finally now comfortable with being in front of the camera. Uh, I've probably gotten so it's them, about to go down. I've probably gotten them a little intoxicated, so now they're like they're ah, really gonna. This is coffee. I don't drink. I, you 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 defended yourself. I could have just kept going. You didn't let me. Uh, like, share, subscribe. <laughs> And uh, I appreciate you guys, you know, being here. Flip the lot. Uh, Flip the lot. <laughs> I, I don't have enough. <laughs> and we're going to jump right into it. So we were talking about, what were we talking about? We talked about relationships a little bit. Yeah, that's actually going to be like an uh, audio only one. So you guys will probably find that one whenever you We talked about cadavers a little bit. Cadavers. And what are we talking about on this episode, though? What is this episode? This episode is literally called the uh, like we, the first episode is called the catch up, and then okay. this is like literally like unless you want to get into something social, political, like a passion. This is your passion project. Like a protest is supposed to be violent. There is no protest in the history of mankind that has succeeded off of peace. Look at the look it up. No protest. Our nation was created off of protest and funded by backers, you know, pseudo conspiracy theorists. People, it's crazy. Throw the fucking tea into the stream, America. Hey, the South wants slaves, the North don't want slaves. I guess we got to come to blows. Civil rights. You. Anyone who's saying this could have been done peacefully, this should have been done a different way, introduce them to Colin Kaepernick and then introduce them to your middle finger. Protests are designed to be aggressive. And that is why I am baffled when I see people going to protest 
in let's ju- let's just go down the list dress attire you are going to go talk to a bunch of people wearing body armor weapons shields helmets wearing 50 to 60 pounds of equipment in the heat and you think you're going to have a civil conversation with these people uh, uh, let me be blank like painfully clear any good officer has already resigned these officers 57 look at these there's a there this is a video these are 57 officers who resigned after two officers were held accountable for pushing a 75 year old volunteer not even a protester volunteer over and then watch let him bleed out of his ears and there's a and there, if, i don't even want to show this video but if you i know you if you haven't i'm Maybe I should. Am I responsible? Should I show this video? I'm going to show the video if I find the video or if I even feel like editing in this video. I think it's important enough. But there's a sort of like a a ominous like clarity when he bashes his head against the ground. And even some of the officers. Look at this officer trying the inkling of good in him left trying to reach out to check on this man. No, don't show no weakness. Keep it moving. Officers who show weakness which is really being perceived as humanity, are taken off the front line. This is an exhibition of violence. This is an exhibition of fun for these guys. This is something they do. And you have to understand, officers, there's a low bar of entry. Every officer I've ever met that has a a degree higher than a bachelor's degree, they're not officers. They're not on the streets patrolling. Isn't that strange that your barber has more credit hours than your officer who claims to know the law, that should be blowing me too. I know the law. No, you don't. The First Amendment right has been allotted to us to protest peacefully for anything. It's all right. If you don't like the fact that the fucking sun's yellow, get out there. But they keep hindering us. And... When you are coming to these people, first of all, you're not coming here to talk to them. Stop going to protest and talking to police officers. Stop giving them fucking free publicity to show, look at them taking a solidarity knee. These are the This is a picture of a guy taking a knee. And this is the picture of the same guy with the guy with the bleeding ear on the ground. This is a picture of a girl taking a knee. With the, with the police, this is a girl being escorted away by the police. These are not your friends. You think all of a sudden they've had a change of heart? You think this is the death that changed their mind? The police are scumbags. They are bad people. You don't believe me? Go into a police officer's locker room. You know what you'll find? Locks on the lockers. Wonder why? Because police aren't good people. Who'd have thunk it? Now, that's a very shallow bar of entry, but it's simply facts. You wouldn't give the benefit of doubt to a perfect stranger, yet you give it to someone who has weapons to guarantee that you won't be remembered by strangers. I shouldn't fucking know who George Floyd is. The callous nature of police is the reason why we do. The callous nature of police is why this protest is going on why these riots are happening why this looting is going on why there's curfew why protests should continue till the election is over and trump has been sent to jail you have to understand how to protest in order to get what you want and asking someone in body armor to stop brutalizing you right before he brutalizes you isn't a great idea 
you know, hey, power to you. But there's a part of me that is literally saying out loud, like, we get it. Your ass is fat. Fuck. Like, we get it. Your your nipples are hard. We see them. Like, is this, is, and, and it makes me think about, like, the co- the current culture where there's, there's there's a bunch of this me too stuff going on and and I know it's wrong I know it's wrong for me to look at a girl go up to her look at a girl who has not if a girl came up to me butt ass naked walking around butt ass naked and I just slapped her on ass and said hey toots nice ass I know that's wrong I know that is inherently wrong but to a lesser being could you blame them in a, in addition, is there not a is there not a situation where we understand that the women's a woman's physique is 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 desirable to a bunch of fragmented males in this society? And when there's so much sex pushed on our society, is it hard to believe that a lot of these dudes don't understand the bearings of reality? Because back in my day, it was wrong for you to catcall or uh, you know, try and uh shoot your not not shoot your shot, but like shill for a comment and stuff. I'm like, oh, she posted a picture of her ass. Oh, that's a fat ass, and you know, I tapped that. That would that's that would be wrong. You you can't say that. But on Instagram, where you you physically took time to make sure the lighting, the setting, and everything was perfect, and then you snapped a picture of your ass. You looked at that picture of your ass. You amplified that picture of your ass through some editing. And then said, yep, posted it. And guess what? If that picture didn't get 100 likes within the first 10 minutes, you deleting that shit. Because you don't want to mess up your like your algorithm. So if I comment on that and say, yo, that's a fat ass, am I getting canceled? Like, is that the end of my career? Because I don't have much right now. There's probably like six people watching this. So if I lose y'all, it's game over, right? If you If you say you love something... If you say you love something and you're passionate about it, I think you should always test it. I think you should test it to see how much you really care about it because you don't really know how much you miss something until you lose it. And this is something reigning true with the comic book. I set out on a mission to make a comic book and I completed that comic book. I published all 44 pages, all 36 chapters. They are out there for the universe and everyone to read and watch it. And I told myself that was going to be my goal. I wanted to prove that I could do it. I had some vendetta out to complete it and I did it. And even though during that span of creating the first comic book, I obviously started writing and coloring and drawing book two. Book two is my, by standards, 70% done. And book three is 20% done. I started those endeavors because I was under the impression that I would continue. And here I am now struggling to find time to draw. And I don't really know if it's because I don't want to draw or because I accomplished the goal I had in mind. The story is amazing and I really want to finish it. And I spend a lot more time than I like to admit thinking about the story. And every now and then I open up my journal to jot something down, a good idea or a character that I want to introduce to the series. And in my mind, while there's only three chapters in the physical world, there's really nine chapters out in my mind right now. So I know there's people who would love to hear that story, but I stepped away from the comic book 
because I had finished it and, you know, I just wanted a break from it. But that hunger to continue making content might not be might not be filled by anything. And I think that's where the comic book will come in play. While I'm away from YouTube, I'll continue to draw. I'm pretty sure of it. I'm, I'll continue to create in that realm. And I'll become better at that realm because I think there's a lot of skills that I've learned since picking up the digital art that I didn't know in the beginning that could make my art so much better. And, you know, I'll probably show some examples of this in in the video, but it's super important to test your affection for things. You know, don't just be mediocre with your passions. Actually reach to test them. So I think with this time away from YouTube, I'm going to invest on getting better at being on YouTube. It's complaining about the protest. Let me uh, first and foremost give my opinion on how I feel about the protest. Yeah, fuck it. Let it burn. I'm cool with it. This is I am so cool with it that it's happening near me and I don't even care because. Once again. It's not about property. If your name is Target and you get mad, you get hit. That's on you, boy. Um, property can be replaced. Brick and mortars can be replaced. What about the small mom and pop stores? Hey, I hear you. But once again, your shit can be replaced. What about the black community? They're destroying the things they want to do. I fucking love it. You know, there's an African proverb about that. And I would know because I'm African. I know people think I'm American, but I'm African. I'm one of those immigrants you don't like. <laughs> but there's a proverb I love. It talks about the boy who seeked warmth from the people of his village and couldn't get it. And one day he burnt the village down in order to feel the warmth he could never receive from that village. There's actually two in a second and a third verse. I'll only tell you the second verse. Second verse talks about how the child then ran out of things to burn in his village. And he was then left cold. And he started to rebuild his village in his own image. And not long after he began, some more villagers came and took him and said, we can tame you. We can control you. We will give you culture. You are a savage. And they took him into his their village to try and raise him. And you'll be shocked to find out that that village burned down not long after he arrived. Moral of the story, stop fucking with us. Because once we're done burning our shit down, we're going to come burn your shit down. And if that isn't apparent, the third precinct in Minneapolis is gone. A lot of these racist statues are starting to disappear. And now for the remainder of President Trump's... Uh, presidency he has to direct people down 16 black 1600 black avenue black lives matter avenue which is pretty fucking great um i'm okay with the protests i'm okay with the rioters i am i am beyond okay with this this is the this those are the least of my worries you mean to tell me that after seven weeks of quarantine 40 million people losing their jobs a pandemic sweeping the nation and killing over 100,000 people that people don't have a little bit of pent-up aggression? That there there are some bad actors out there? Sure. But you mean to tell me these protesters aren't, you know, bloodletting a little bit? I mean, Target's going to be fine. 
I mean, they got most of the $1,700 million uh, tax break. You know, the PPE funding. That didn't go to small businesses. I didn't get no check. Out there, and you were you were the man in Georgia. You got stuff done. You got a lot of top dogs in and out of that school, and you got them signed. And you know, you've left a legacy back there. Is there any part of you that like misses that college routine, that working in the college ranks? Yeah, I mean, I think you working that long. I think you definitely, you know, miss it a little bit. You miss, you know, building the team. I mean, I love the aspect of. You know, you recruit guys in, you, you know, you watch them develop. Next thing you know, you know, you're coming together to put together a team to compete for a championship. So the part of building a team is something that I definitely miss just because, you know, I've always been a part of team sports and, and uh, just the team aspect. I mean, it's all, you know, you work a ton of hours. So, you know, just being in the office, you know, for 80 to 90 hours a week, you know, and, but you always, but you, but you're there with 50 other people, you know, so you always got somebody to talk to. You can go get lunch with this person, you can eat dinner with this person. And then the, the players, of course, I mean, the, the, that's my pride and joy. And, and what I was always passionate about was, you know, the players and being around those guys, helping those guys, you know, through whatever. I mean, there's issues with all of them. When you have 130 players on a team, you know, you, you, build different relationships with all of them. So the families, you know, too, you know, meeting their families and, and, and watching some of those guys grow, come in as freshmen and leave, graduate or go on an NFL. I mean, it's just, you definitely miss that aspect of it for sure. So, so anyway, <laughs> um, nah, man, I've been, I've been hanging out, working uh, a lot more from home than I have when I was in the office, which is really crazy especially when you work in the medical field and your uh, worker call schedule and you're the boss it's it's a double-edged sword so my phone doesn't never stop ringing um the first time i'm gonna be able to turn my phone off in two years will be uh on sunday when i go to cancun hey i'm excited about that i'm, I'm not i'm not happy about this i'm very upset <laughs> uh, I've already I've, I've talked down to him. I've told my mom that Eric is going out of country. She said, "You want me to call him? You want me to talk to him?" And I was hey, like, listen, you know, I, "I would take what mom said heavily under advisement." But dude, you know better than I do. We we work in the same field. We do the we do the same job, and you know how stressful it is. The only difference is you chose not to get into management because you're in school, and I chose to get in management because I refused to go. So. It's it's a it's a bit of a different world. Like when you're not at work, you're not at work. When I'm not at work, I'm still at work. And no, for sure, I, I can't. I, I'll never be able to comprehend the stress that you're going through as far as like di managing. Uh, and mm -hmm. I don't I don't know any of your your employees, so I can speak freely. Managing <laughs> idiots, but for the few competent ones, there's not enough. And if I'm speaking from my experience in my group, we have we have this one dude who's a workhorse here, and I damn near thought he died yesterday and i was like if he quits or he's gone i'm not working here no more because yeah. this is the only guy who gets yep. shit done like yep. i know why i'm here i'm here to get my check and leave like 100 but he man. he loves this place so i can definitely expect that i i will adhere to you i will say this also to the masses make sure you're wearing your mask 100 you know, don't make come sure to me with practice. that foolishness man do not come to me with that <laughs> 
I, I live in a free country. I don't have to wear a mask. I'm going to tell you, man, you can kick rocks, bro. I don't have time for that. It's not about the mask being comfortable. And I'm not just saying that because I wear one for work and Hero wears one for work. I'm saying that because, number one, I'm not sick and I don't want to get sick. Number two, I could be a carrier and I don't want to uh, infect somebody with a weak immune system. I work out five, six times a week. I do cardio. I have, if, and if I had time, I would open my closet right here and you'd see all the supplements I have in there that I take every day. You guys would be like, oh, if this guy got sick, it's because this was a grade A um, virus from outer space. I'm telling you, I'm on a strict regimen. I'm on a very strict diet. I have not been sick in over a year and I want to keep it that way. Even with the Rona going on, I haven't had a sniffle. I haven't had a chill. I haven't had anything that there's probably going to be some other people who don't look like you in your religion it's sheer ignorance and a lack of knowledge and genetics and traits black people are every people that's why we can have blue eyes that's why we can have white hair that's why we have color variation and anybody else that has those variations they're fortunate enough to carry our bloodline we're special that doesn't make us hateful be special, but more importantly, being special, be useful. Use that religion of peace, love, and happiness to actually spread some of that shit around during the pandemic. I've never, I've never heard anyone use their religion to to fight for unity amongst the Israelites. That's strange to me. But they'll definitely sit here and try and divide them up as if they're not being used for a holy method. I am done talking about this. It's like 52 minutes long. And he basically at one point says, he says this about Harriet Tubman. But Harriet Tubman, well, Harriet Tubman never actually freed the slaves. She just had the slaves go work for all the white people. Y'all, we leaving right now. You're absolutely right. Get the hell out of there. Like this, he, he, he has, he literally has a mental breakdown. Just listen to the way he talks to people on like stage. He shushes them as if he's handling children. Like this guy has kids, but he is a child. He says he is complete order. Cases. Why do you watch these people die? I don't watch it because I'm some sickle fan. It's because I want to make sure I know what not to and what to do, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter sometimes. Philando Castile is proof of that. But you got to try. You got to try something. Because running will we'll get you shot in the back. They're not above it. And and let's talk about these cowards for a second. Because this is, this is what defund the police looks like for, for this situation. They tried for 30 minutes, sat there and talked to this guy. And if you... If this situation had played out any different, this was a guy who was cooperating, who was who was all right with everything that was going on, explained it. He didn't hide anything. He was per he was open. He was honest. He was genuine. They could have easily said, hey, look, all right, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to tow your vehicle. We're going to take you. We're going to get you a ride home and we'll send you your summons in the mail. Uh, we don't think this is an arrestable. This is this isn't something you need to go down to the to, to the jail for. But because you know, there's a quota for them to meet. 
They got to do certain things to get recognition. And being humane isn't one of them. Being an officer is not about in enforcing your rights as an American. It's about enforcing their ability to maintain control over you in this community. Let's be for real. Let's be frank. Let's call it what it is. These officers are not here to help you or protect you. Any officer that's talking to you that you have not summoned is an officer trying to get you into trouble. Oh, you're a witness to a crime? I'll come to you when I have my lawyer. Send me, give me your information. I'll have my lawyer contact you. I don't need to comply with that. I'm impeding your investigation. I don't want to speak to you until I have my lawyer present. Go fuck yourself and your investigation. Learn to shut the fuck up around officers. Point. But not only was he trying to comply with them, after 30 minutes, they finally couldn't, they they were trying everything. Oh, maybe they, they, they talked about his money. Maybe he has too much money on him so we can get him on that charge while being, they were just trying to look for something and find something. And when nothing stuck and nothing, all right, we'll just arrest him. And we'll, ju- we'll arrest him for the DWI because we can and, you know, we, tr- we can't get anything else on him. And they knew that it wouldn't stick in court because obviously he wasn't going anywhere. He took active. He took active. He wasn't in the act of driving. So this would have been thrown out if he found a judge or found a lawyer. This could have been thrown out. They knew this. They didn't want to get tied up without having something concrete. So they just wanted to just get him behind bars and dig something up, find something. Hopefully, like when they search the car, they'll find some weed or something, anything. And he knew. He knew, Mr. Brooks knew he was in danger. So he resisted. And hear me out. Every black person in America should be allowed to resist police. After eight minutes and 46 seconds, if an officer is manhandling you, you should be allowed to resist. Because if you don't, you will die. Eric Gardner. Floyd. Tamir Rice. If you don't fight, you will die. That is a that is legitimately an argument you can make in the court of law. Your honor, if I did not fight, I would not be here to defend myself. That's a statement. Because eight minutes and 46 seconds, they will watch you die. And police officers know it. It's part of their training. Dead men tell no tales. It's a saying. These people are animals, man. They, they, he, he whoops. He, not only was he tased, he beats them down. He disarms them. Two officers, while mildly intoxicated, the, just to show you the, the weak training they have, gets away with a, and people are saying, well, he had the stun gun. It was, it had already been discharged. So that means there's there's nothing he can use, do it do with it. And if it was a up close and personal stunt, he was running away. Back turn shot him twice. And before they rendered aid, they didn't even render aid. They were going out picking up brass. Immediately started talking amongst themselves about what the story was going to be. Saying, "Hey, that the uh, he hurt you? Yeah, he hurt me." Trying to acknowledge that they were both in pain, like they felt threatened for their life. I feared for my, the toughest dudes, their greatest argument is I feared for my life. That is their go-to. This could have been resolved simply by a defunded police department. 
uh, Wendy's, go fuck yourself. Next time you see a vehicle on, on your property, and so, he's not doing anything, but I get it. It's a liability, but he's not doing anything. Call a tow company. So I move, I move into this town and or village, um, and I didn't know that historically uh, political races uh, for, uh, for I'll use mayor and village president interchangeably, um, but I didn't know how historically tight they were. And so they went, you know, kind of grassroots campaigning, knocking door to door and people from uh, people from both the the party that was in power and then also the uh, the 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 challenging party, the opposing party. And I ended up long story short is I end up having uh, a conversation. The the mayor calls me from his cell phone on the day of the election. Yeah, my head was pretty freaking big. I was like, oh, I'm on the phone with the mayor. Look at me, you know, and I was like, I literally just moved here. I'm like, who am I, you know, but so it was kind of cool. Just in, just in concept, um, you know, makes for a good bar story, but it's it's care is because i cared to get involved because when the the door knockers came and they told me you know what what their uh, what their party was about and what their candidate that they were promoting was trying to do and i and i asked questions i engaged in dialogue uh they were talking about the specifics of infrastructure and i asked a lot of very specific detailed questions that they were unable to answer in that time and they and that's how they funneled me through they said all right well we would uh, would really like. He goes, you got good questions. Unfortunately, we can't answer them. Um, could we could we give your contact info to the mayor and he'll reach out to you? And and, and he eventually did, and we talked. Um, but I, I I highlight that story because I really want to emphasize the importance of getting involved at the local level. Brand new to the town, you know, they come knock on the doors, talk to the people that were campaigning with them, and I'm on the phone with the mayor. Like, I can't imagine a situation where I'm on the phone with the president of the United States. It's just too far removed. Put it, put, put it into, give you more context, uh, you know, a large corporation. If, you know, a corporation of, let's say, a couple thousand people, you may never, ever engage with your president of the company, with your CEO of the company. They're the face of the company, Sure. They get they they get changed out. You still do your job. You still come to work. You go through five executive changes on the top level, and you don't really see a difference in your organization for what you do day to day. So it's kind of that where yes, do go vote because even though if you're in a position like me where you may not be directly affected, that vote will directly affect other people that are on those are, are those on those outer edges and and therein lies and therein lies i think the the common ground where me and people like you can start to identify because if i was to ask you a series of questions if i asked you guillermo if there was a family of six a single mother with six children standing in front of you and it was between her getting this vaccine for covid so she can go back to work or you getting the vaccine what would you do i'll give it to her okay 
And if there was a situation where you had to wear a mask in order to protect people while you were doing your job versus not wearing a mask, is it something I'd wear the mask? All right. And if there were children in a cage on in your city, in your county, being held and being having hysterectomies done on them, would you go to the uh, the city town hall to make sure that this to sign a petition to make sure this doesn't happen? Absolutely. So it's fair to say that you agree that someone who does this isn't someone you want running your country. Yeah. So. If if this and this is the and this is the gist of it, guys, this is the punchline. My reason for voting for Biden isn't because he's great. It's just because he's not doing those things right now and he doesn't have a track record of doing it. And there's a bunch of people who will sit there and say, what about the 1984 crime bill? You know who else signed that bill? Bernie Sanders. Our, our Lord and Savior, as we see him walk every day. But people don't want to acknowledge that to cheat bernie sanders and there was a point early on i think like maybe november or not november probably like early january where joe biden was dead in the water he was like under 10 percent bernie was leading the pack and something happened there was a shift and the shift came from a lot of these shows people like senator cory booker kamala harris and even um well, Pete Buttigieg for sure. But most disappointing of all was uh, Warren. Because Warren is female Bernie Sanders, but just refused to fall in line. And her greed is her greed cost him, I feel, the primaries. And you want to know who definitely believed the people in Israel right now were really Jews? Adolf Hitler, he believed it so much he tried to kill two million of them. How dare you? How dare you take someone who was our ally in suffrage and try and pin them as the enemy? Saying say, Nick Cannon said some anti-Semitic racist bullshit and these African Israelite type people who have never left their state Walking around with last names like Daquan and Newman and James, you're not Mc Mc McFry. That's that's your Israelite ties. Get the fuck out of here. You say anti-Semitic shit, you gonna get fucked with. Even I know better than to mess with the Jews. Wonder why? Because people have been fucking with them their whole life. Just like they've been fucking with black people. Like how like where do pe- black people get the fuck off saying that yeah, we are the only real identifiers. And what's your proof? Oh, we look like them. Everyone's from Africa, you idiot. So get over it. You you couldn't tell a white person in South Africa they're not African. There are two black people who will have sex and give birth to a white kid in Africa. How do you explain that? The sheer ignorance and the lack of just knowledge because they use a they use the Bible. And once again, if it's an argument against the Bible, you've already lost because it's the Bible. It, it, it means everything and nothing all at the same time. 
So I don't argue with people who have this. When somebody says, we're the real people of God, I love when people tell me, walk up to me and say, oh, you're from Nigeria? Oh, man, you're really an Israelite. You know that, right? Like, what, what tribe are you from? Look, 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 what tribe are you from? I'm like, I'm Yoruba. First, um, first descendant. Uh, oh, okay. So, you know, you know, there was this guy who came down who set up shop there and he was really an Israelite. And I'm like, oh, that's strange because all my people were originated there. There's a literally a 500,000 year old tree that dates back all the way before Nigeria was named in the 60s, in the early 18s, in the early 1600s. Before in the 1960s, we got the name before the three tribal wars, before the people of Alsa became the people of Alsa land. Like I scratch my head as this person who doesn't know me tries to explain my history to me. The balls. It's almost as if they're trying to do something that somebody did to them. Black people want to oppress so badly. We've been they've been oppressed so badly that they want to do it to somebody else. They see the world doing it to them. They say, "Why? if we can find somebody, we'll do it to somebody else. And at that time, we was working with a creative director who stated that initials are cute, but they're not really good for businesses. So we had to come up with a name. We wanted the name to be unique, but people kind of resonated with it. Um, at the same time, something we could play with on words um, and still keep our brand as a brand and not make it generic like Kleenex. We don't want to be like Kleenexes. But we still wanted to keep a brand, so we came up with Superseed. Now, Superseed, in the original sense, is spelled S-U-P-E-R-S-E-D-E. But we end up spelling it with a different way, S-U-P-E-R-C-E-D-E. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can keep it different, um, so that even though it means pretty much what Superseed means, means to overcome and be better than the opposition, um, we wanted to be able to play on that word. So our slogan for our company is that we don't follow the pack, we supersede. Meaning that when you deal with us, you're dealing with something that's going to be set apart from other companies. As far as the intention of details, as far as our our communications, our connections, just the overall value is going to be something different. So it took a while to come up with the name. I mean, probably about two or three weeks going through different names. Um, secession. <laughs> um, what was it? Atlantis. Y'all had, y'all had all the 2008 <laughs> names that was hot. <laughs> all the hot 2008 names. God, it, was, it was funny though. I mean, but you got to think about it though. But you want something that speaks to you. So I mean, once we came up with Super C, it spoke to us, and it's something that we know that we can stand behind for the rest of our lives. It wasn't no, something absolutely. we created for just a. 2000 the 99 and the 2000 but for something that can be something that can be long lasting like apple and microsoft and amazon and walmart and coca-cola pepsi like something that stands alone stands apart where it's unique enough that people understands once you hear that as a company once you hear that as a brand you immediately identify that with us you like to have that identify as an identity booth identify with us. Yeah, I, I caught I caught the reference. It's okay. <laughs> he got the name right, and now he thinks he owns the show. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Next topic. Uh, 
videos on YouTube. You know, I mean, obviously you do podcasts, you look at podcasts, you see things. I see a lot of angry dudes on YouTube. A lot of dudes that are pissed off at women. I see a lot of yeah, a lot of uh, men going the wrong way, the manosphere, red pill. I see a whole bunch of these guys, basically guys who base who've gotten screwed over by women, and now they're just want nothing to do with women, and they talk about feminism a lot. And is this are these the what we call incels? No, these are some of some of them are, but most of them aren't. What was the Incel, an involuntary celibate, so a guy who can't get any sex essentially. Um, but there are some guys. We don't have that problem, right? Right. <laughs> My wife's right there. Guillermo's got a wife, and Hero doesn't have one, but he doesn't have any problem. He hasn't been an incel since he came out the womb. Ladies, so let to see you come in. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's gonna be useful to me in the long run, and I think that the world would be ten times better if there was a version of me that lived on through genetics versus uh, uh, everlasting moral of comic books and YouTube videos. So I think that's a part of it too. Legacy, dynasty, things of that nature. I'm only going to be great for as long as people remember me. But if there's always someone, if I create someone to remember me, then I'll never have to worry about my legacy being forgotten. We move forward. And once again, this isn't an election for me about voting blue this is an election about getting rid of trump trump has done more damage to this country and more damage has happened to his officials that this country has received more damage from his his inadequacy his lack of prep his childish feverish nature his inability to cope or comprehend any situation his idiotic graceless Cannon fodder way of doing things has bled this country dry. And for all the talk that the economy could bring, it is further proof that money doesn't solve a damn thing that they have no chance of ever getting with. And there's elements of this that like change it, but like it also could be just you paying someone for for simple affections you could see and this is this isn't to be confused with someone who's like a therapist a therapist understands they have a purpose and they're trying to uh help you handle something that is uh hindering you this is not the same for simps simps literally have no shot with this person because they are one of hundreds sometimes millions of people all shooting their shot for one person let me explain. The fans only page is kind of disturbing to me because one, we're in a pandemic right now and 36 million people don't have jobs. So people have to, obviously people have to find ways of making money. And obviously the stay at home order is making it more difficult for people to make money. But the internet is a wealth of opportunities. Uh, I have made more money on the internet in the last month than I have ever. And it's because I too am taking advantage of a lot of people being home. So the fans only page doesn't strike me as odd. It, it it's is not concerning to me because 
get it how you live. I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to ever shame no woman for putting her body out there. Like as much, as much as it doesn't appease me, as much as I wouldn't want to see my girl, my chi- my kid, my sister doing it, if they did, yo, get it how you live. Because life is too tough. Life's too fucking rough right now. So I get the fans only page. But is there is should there be a level of concern about people who don't have the mental capacity to really understand what they're getting themselves into? Like, should there be a concern for people who don't understand that this is a this is a role playing activity? And I'll post I'll try and find some pictures and post some pictures because a lot of these uh, and I'm going to mostly refer to women in this because most of the accounts that I obviously studied were on women. So I don't really if there are male versions of this or trans or or whatever, I don't know about them. I only focused on the ones that I would that I found the most like appealing and also the most popular. And it's usually a woman on camera talking about something, eating something dressed in a provocative way, but not too provocative because this this can't be porn or else you just do it in Pornhub. Like there's a fun and that's something that made me wonder, like, why don't these guys just go to Pornhub where there's free? But that's how I knew it wasn't sexual in nature, because a lot of Pornhub is just, you know, the per literally there's no dialogue. It's it's just There's no dialogue. It, and if there is, it's cheesy like your piece has been delivered. Oh, I don't have money to pay for it. Don't worry. Can I insert my bill? It's just like the most. God, I was actually pretty good. Like there's really bad stuff on the Internet. But um, the identity booth, my deep dive videos, my artwork, anything that I put out there into the Internet verse and you support it. I'm just grateful for having you. I've made friends and hung on to friends because of this channel. And I constantly like get feedback from people. It's just amazing to me how many people, you know, come up to me and ask me for advice on how to get into this universe. But those same people don't really support what I do. And I, the first thing I always tell anyone who wants to get into the YouTube or or Internet publicity scene is you got to love your own shit first man and that's so important so identity politics has ruined the political sphere pick the lesser of two evils i was wrong i'm admitting it right now i was fucking wrong for not voting for hillary in 2016 or whatever the fuck was it 2016 four years ago yeah i should have just voted for I shouldn't have writ- wrote Bernie's name in. I should have just sucked that shit up and took the L. But I, my my hubris, I was hang I was hangry. Why why couldn't Biden win? I mean, Bernie win. I I was angry, but I'm not angry anymore. I, I am not angry anymore. I am fucking furious. And something that a lot of people know about me is the angrier I get, the more focused in on hurting or extracting revenge out on XYZ person I become. I, I like I literally have a, a vendetta out for Trump and Trump supporters, Republicans in general. They're, they're just the, they're the scum of the earth. It, how like there is just hard 
it's just hard for me to even like sit here and pretend that like I could I would be willing to even discuss with them because they don't have they don't argue with the reason like they argue with feelings they they openly lie and that's why I want to get Biden in because at least there'll be something called you know shame was protesting their target hasn't been burnt down and we need to add that to the list Drew Brees is one of those white people who don't have black friends. Let me explain. When I put, and I, I've definitely told this story on the podcast before. When I played in the NFL, I had a, I had a person who I thought was my friend. Hung out, kicked it. It was great. He was a real cool dude. He was a second year, third year. So he showed me the ropes. I always respected him for that. But there was always something off about him. He always seemed a little bit too inviting of my time and my space. He always felt like I owed him this conversation. And you could tell by the way his little microaggressions. He never really asked me how my day was going. He always just assumed it was great because his day was great. He never really asked me, how am I handling, you know, coming up in the NFL? He just assumed it was great because that's the world he lived in. Everyone around him was designed to make sure his life was great. And he had a bad day one day and he was sitting outside kind of sulking and he was just like, yeah, I had a rough day today, man. I'm not going to kick it with you today because normally we would play video games after but he decided not to. He said he was going to go. His best friend was coming to pick him up and they were going to go home. And I was like, damn. All right, man. You know, it's cool. It's whatever. And his homeboy gets there. He gets out of the car. He hugs him, puts his hand on his head and, you know, pats him on the back and says, you know, it's, it's cool, man. It's cool. It's cool. We're going to fix this gonna fix this and he seemed like an older gentleman but you know i didn't really pay any attention to it but then i watched him you know pick up his bags put it in the trunk open the door for him and let him in and close it behind him and if you haven't figured it out by now this man was black this man was also his driver and the thing that is baffling to me about this story is not that joke Cause he gave me the head and I like, yeah, that's how shit be, but it pays the bill. This guy is his best friend. And that's kind of sad because he pays his best friend to be there for him. When in reality, that's just his fucking job. And that is Drew Brees in a nutshell. Drew Brees has bought some of the most expensive equipment for his offensive line, for his offensive coordinator. For his players in the locker room, his skill team, which are mostly black, he's bought he he he, he buys them stuff, but this stuff doesn't equate to being an ally. Drew Brees is not one of those. Drew Brees donates and does commercials for this church and Christian organization that has openly and actively worked to shut down clinics in the Louisiana area, which is predominantly surrounded in black communities. Drew Brees is not an ally of black people. He's just okay with them being around. And if you're going to be around, you got to play by his rules. The 
the the degree of I own shit in his voice. My two grandfathers fought for those that flag. Shut the fuck up. You know how many black people went into World War II and didn't get a hero's welcome back? Who got beat, beaten and battered for wearing the uniform? They went and put blood of another countryman onto their chest, came back to show their stripes, and got nothing. The, the, the privilege. Drew Brees doesn't have any black friends. And that's crazy because he plays on an NFL team in a predominantly, where black people predominantly stand. Zero awareness, zero conscience. You can tell he's never had this conversation. He refuses to ruin the idea that he's wrong. He, he can't entertain it. But you know what? The NFL is actually being run by a few new kids on the block. That commercial that came out with all these athletes in support of the protest screens magnitudes because the 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 if all, all the faces you saw there was one that stuck out and it was my boy from lubbock texas the super bowl winning champion the quarterback oh wait have i forgotten his name oh, i didn't watch it do you feel like teachers deserve to be on like uh, TV on you know on football games they have the military pushed out there they've got the waving flag but I've always been of the notion like American heroes don't all wear uniforms do you feel the teacher gets the 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 platform they deserve so I I definitely agree that not all um, heroes wear uniforms. Like I think that our first responders right now, I think scrubs are a, 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 like a superhero cape right now. And I don't think, I don't think the teachers get the respect. They, uh, the society says, yes, teachers are great. Teachers are heroes. If you are doing this right. But as soon as we're like, we need more supplies, we're not heroes anymore. Mm -hmm. As soon as we say we deserve a livable wage, we're not heroes anymore. As soon as we say we don't want to, um, you know, be human shields in case if there's a, you know, an active shooter on the campus, we're no longer heroes. When we say we need to have um, safe schools, you know, cleaning supplies and things like we're no longer heroes. So we're heroes in the sense that we we're heroes when we do things quietly, like you want us to do them. But when we strike for better wages and more time off, we're no longer heroes. So identity changes and grows and like yeah. you have the ability to progress past whatever you know but man it's it's there's something to be said about like just i dare you i double dog dare you to go watch any of these first videos i made and tell me that's the same hero you're looking at good god no nah, man we were on the absolute struggle bus <laughs> we were in a hot box sitting elbow to elbow i would have half my arm out the frame Audio buns at best. <laughs> we learned so much. Yeah. And it's strange now because like we, I mean, we turn these, I literally have templates now. We turn these videos out in matter of minutes. Like there's nothing to us now. But like it speaks to some of the growth because we're still not where we want to be. And some of the things, I guess we could, uh, are, can we talk about some of the things that we wanted to do? 
Yeah. Or do we still want to? Uh, no, no, no. Let's let's be real. Like, do we want to f- work it out more? Let's wait till we get to two hundred subscribers, and then we'll do a live. Uh, yeah, and talk okay, about okay. It. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right, all right. And you can tell I'm excited because yeah. that shit that shit means I get to play and do some more shit. Yeah. But like, there is to stand the test of time. Like in February, February fourteenth, we would have been here five years. Uh, this YouTube page. Yeah. So Oof, wow. that's longer. That's longer than the Confederacy. Like you feel me? Like who, right, we yeah. out here making history. Winning. <laughs> we we actually win in our battles yeah. but I, i'll say this too like we get so much un, unseen love and i wanted to talk about this because yeah. i had the passing of my grandmother this past week but like and she lived to be like 103 like people yes, like she was <laughs> yeah she was great she was fine but like a lot of people like obviously this year was important because i wanted to go poke her in her forehead because this would have been the time for me, my family. This year was the year that all of us would have been able to go. Like, yeah. it was right before school starts for me. It was, uh, Nafi was situated. Luke was situated. The younger twins were situated. My mom was ready. My dad was going to be in Nigeria. He had no situation. So it was perfect already. And so I was like, yeah, I just get to go there and mess with this lady who fed me and did all these cool things for me growing up. And it didn't happen. And that kind of made me feel empty because it wasn't so much like she died waiting on me. She died and I couldn't get there in time. So that made me say like, dang, you know, I wish I had done some. But the amount of people like I posted that, you know, I posted a picture of us. The amount of people that responded to that was really jarring to me. The amount of people. And I don't think it was from a negative place. I think it was definitely like heartwarming concern like thing. But there were people who commented on that and liked that picture who hadn't contacted me at all this year. Mm. There were people and and just like I put in the quote, she was in charge of a market that fed hundreds of thousands of people. That market opened up even though she died. So on that day I also had to publish uh, a podcast. And I said to myself, my grandmother wouldn't would go to work when she was sick. So just because she's gone doesn't mean I'm going to take a break today. Yeah. So I posted it. And by comparison, in one day, that post about my grandmother passing got 150 likes. I, if I can find it, I'll put it up there. Yeah. But that that video that's been up for a week now, I posted here. Only less. I know it's less than 100 views. So it it stands to reason for me that I and once again I know these people aren't cruel. I know head scratching because like I said I was in charge of just babysitting y'all and I was ready to send y'all back to the crib. I was good. I was good. Everybody say they was good. (laughs) Was it you at Why Not that night? No, it was not me. He was. You was not there? Yeah, I was not there. I was not there. I didn't go out to my freshman year, and I went to PJs for the first time. I never went to Why Nights. I never made it. Let me put y'all on a story. So, uh, Tanisha was part of the STEM program freshman year, and this was my senior year as I'm going to the league. And Dr. Colin came up to me and was just like, hey, hero, man, you're going to be here for the summer? Oh, yeah, I'm going to be working out with some coaches and stuff. He's like, all right, bet, cool. I'm going to put you in charge of watching these kids. I said, excuse me? He said, you know, you just got to make sure they in bed at night. Make sure they show up to study hall. And, like, I wasn't even, 
yep. gonna be part of that that notion. I was just like, oh, so I'm just an enforcer. It's like exactly. They, you know, they ain't gonna mess with you. The boys, they they gonna listen to you. The, the girls ain't trying to hear you yell. Go ahead, go in there, do your thing. So you know, first night, I'm thinking, all right, this is gonna be a breeze. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here. All right, it's time. You know, it's time for check in. It's it's eight o'clock. I'm knock on first. Do do do. Hello. All right, nobody. You know what? They sleep. I'm gonna check them off the list. Next door. Do 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 do. Oh, they must be sleep too. Oh man. Oh, this. Now they think about it. It's quiet. I don't even hear no music, no TV, no ambience. So you know me. I go go to the parking lot. Start looking for license plates. I'm like, oh, let me check what's going on on Facebook. And I see people dancing on why not. Hold <laughs> on. <laughs> I played like, the field. I wasn't there, and I'm not telling on. I'm not telling on my classmates. We band together. You a good one. Because I was. I had. Because I had people packing their bags at night. What I say when I get to right now? You I got did. on the mic. You did. <laughs> I said. I said if you if you know who I am, and you know what I'm doing, if I make it back to campus before you, just pack your bags. You go home, and I made everybody pack their bags at night. Put it inside a little study room. And then they gonna show up for breakfast like, hey man, we going home, mom come here. I'm like, y'all get y'all goofies in the cafeteria so we can start y'all day. Don't mess with me. I've... Good times are fine, but was he giving and how much of that did you really want? Mm, there was a lot of attention. Um, not sexual, guys. We were celibate. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I- oh, where, where does the celibate stuff come from? Why, why, why was that a decision? Because I'm, a, I'm not out here to put nobody's business out there. Here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the first one to admit it, guys. Guys, I'm not a virgin, but that is a decision a lot of people make, and I don't know if that's something I would be readily willing to agree with. So what led you guys to decide that that was a decision you wanted to write? Um, Well, I had already been celibate like before we entered into the entanglement slash relationship. And (laughs) um, for me, uh, I feel like soul ties are something that is real. And um, what's a soul tie? I don't know this. What is this? Um, so it's kind of, it's like when you're, you're attracted to the same type of person over and over, it's because you had that initial soul tie with someone. And and that's what makes it hard when people like, they keep coming back to people, keep coming back, keep coming back. They do them wrong. They beat them up. They do whatever. It's that soul tie that connects them. And it's, it's so hard to sever. And I didn't want to form a soul tie with a temporary person in my life. I just, I don't have that desire at all. Um, and also like my, my religion is important to me. I'm a Christian. Um, and I'm really just trying to honor God with, with my body and with my life and my actions, my thoughts. So, um, it was really important that I enter a relationship and be celibate because I think, and I haven't experienced it, but I think it would be a beautiful thing if you can truly say, I am in love with someone and you have never had sex with them. And that's what I that's what I was going for there. I saw a lot of potential 
for us to be more. And I was like, well, let's let's try to do this right. Because and and I've heard of couples that are not celibate and then they become celibate. But I'm like, that seems really challenging because you've already had it. You know what it's like. (laughs) So I want my cookies back. Exactly. Like I give you a toy and then I take your toy away from you. Like, oh, no, you can't play with this ever again. Like what? I, the, women have that power, so I feel like inherently, it, I, I'm, I'm gonna speak. I'm gonna speak for uh, the entanglement. Er, <laughs> look at what has happened. I think that's more so my thing. Look at the other people. What are they doing? What is Italy doing? What are these other places that have had high numbers? What are they doing? Because they're doing something that's working. Italy's numbers have gone down. See what I'm saying? So, like, why are we not looking at those type of things? So, yes, I do feel like we feel, and I feel like we had enough time to plan. And if we are not successful right now and we don't think the plan works, I honestly feel like they should have just paused school for the whole year. Honestly. Because at that point... You're of the mindset... You're of the mindset of shutting school down for a year. A year. Because, think about it. School has been shut down for this long. Okay. Parents have already figured out how to maneuver their children, where they're going to go, what they're going to do, because they've had them for a very long time. Okay, school's going to start back. Most people are not going to send their kids to school. So now you have the same setup. You have the same responsibility of figuring out what to do with your kids every day while you have to go to work. But on top of that, you have the, the right to make sure that they're getting their education. And I feel like a lot of parents are going to struggle. A lot of people struggled with just the the work that we gave when we were out at the end of the year. So imagine doing a whole school year. I want to go back to school when I know that it is safe for me and my students and my family. That's what I want. I want to go back whenever it is safe. You know, it's not safe right now. I, and I know I wish it was, I know parents wish it was. I know I've had parents texting me, I'm dropping my baby off at your house. I'm done. I need a break. And I'm like, interesting how you didn't believe me when I said your little baby had might have had a little attitude. Nobody wants my mom and dad knew I was a <laughs> So when my teacher said, yo, here I'll be if like how you oh, no. with you. Like he just moves Worse. my desk. He doesn't do anything to me. Uh. I feel safe, but he just be moving. Hello. And they be like, Yeah, that's some psychological <laughs> Hero be on that. Hey, give me your phone. You grounded for six weeks. <laughs> Apologize. And I'll be like, is this not a court of law? Do I not get to defend my... And I just get a slap. Like, bye-bye. And I'll be like, guilty. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. But in her subscribers, which was a drop-off in her paycheck. So she literally was then saying, like, there are people in here, you know, watching for free. And I just want to say that for me, for me... All the people that watch the Bill Burr podcast, they know about that. Nina, I love you. Um, if you're watching this and you can't donate five dollars, just leave. Like you're not you're not worth the person. You shouldn't be watching my channel. You're not you're not human. If you don't have five dollars to give me, you're not a human being, basically. And I was like, what? Like that's harsh. That's that's super harsh, and there was people like combating her in in her in her chat. So there are some people who don't just fully adhere to this, but they enjoy the commentary or the performance that this person puts on, which is what it really is is a performance. But what eventually happened was she got a ton of backlash as this video was uploaded, and people found her. They doxed her. They uh, 
she lost subscribers, she lost subscriptions, she lost promotions. And this is her this is her second like video. This is her second video. And just look at the change in her demeanor. Just look at the 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 I'm not I I, I like the forgiveness she wants. You know somebody wants forgiveness when their hands are like this or they're or they're on their chest. They're looking for forgiveness. That's the sign. There's a there's there are more and more and more every day people are talking about having the zoom effect where being on camera constantly has a mental mental draining aspect of it. Just being on conference call, especially since like some of these bosses, some of these like bosses, teachers are just assholes, to be honest, like a pandemic's going on. If you're a black person, you're literally for the last two weeks, I mean, two a month, the who am I kidding? Your whole life, you've been walking around with a target on your back. You having Zoom calls every day and forcing people to put on their cameras to brighten your day up. Like, stop doing that. If you are a boss or an employee, stop telling your employees to put on the camera to make you feel better. No one gives a fuck about what's going to make you feel better. Your employees are struggling trying to get their day-to-day tasks done without having the fear of being fired looming over their head. Just leave them alone. Especially the bosses that turn on your camera automatically. Get, go, go. Just go away. No one wants to deal with you. Professors giving out tough-ass homework assignments. No one wants to deal with this. Your, your class is so small in the grand scheme of things. There's so many other things going on right now. Like, I remember telling, like, one of my professors, like, oh, I won't be able to, I can't sit at home. And the dread of taking the test two days later was weighing, giving me more anxiety than just taking the test today. Because I didn't want to spend two days trying to sit here and focus and consolidate. It's hard. It's hard not being able to go outside and run or exercise or socialize or do anything is is it's it's a weight that bears on your chest and it's getting harder and harder to breathe for a lot of people this is a major situation that we need to pay attention so you need to be reaching out there's a lot of self-help groups out there designed specifically for this uh any groups that I can think of or find, I'll put in the description below. If I'm finding it during I'm editing, I'll put it up on the screen. Go seek some help. Seek some help. You're not, nothing is wrong with you. You are not like in, in danger, but you do need help. And I think it's okay for you. Normalize getting help. My name is Hero and I approve this message. I'm running for some political office i don't care i'm gonna shake up the damn world go get some help it's okay go be by some loved ones you know the pandemic is real if you have the means to get tested get tested and if you can put on your mask travel and go be with someone you love off top i think i wanted to do stem cell research i didn't want to do i didn't think i wanted to you know to to do so much uh anthropology or, or public health work or social like be so social in 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 my field i didn't think that absolutely like and it didn't occur to me that like the dread of being a a, a medical physician it was dreadful to me so in the mindset of no but i am good at surgery i yeah. am good at cutting i can man, i can cut a little i can cut a liver out i actually love the in an hour and it's yeah but it's and i was like 
okay, so how, is there a way that I can use STEM or something like that to be Strickland? And then somebody was like, no, you just be a PA and just strictly work on transplants. Like the patient comes to sleep. You don't have to go into clinics. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do this exorbitant right. amount of work. And that's three years? Three, three years. You don't have to do like... No clinical, because I already, well, I'm speaking on myself because I was a forensic tech, so I've done over 200 autopsies already. So I have my credentials already. Isn't it so, like, calming to do? I tell people this, and they, like, everybody thinks, like, oh, man, it's dreadful. And no. I tell, I literally will tell nurses it's in the, the room. It's the most peace on earth. I tell nurses in the room, hey, you, I know you don't like it here. Feel free. Feel it's free, fine. Please. Feel free. And I have my music going, and it's just... Cut in, cut three, extract the bullet, so close, give out my report, sign documentation. It's the most personal over. thing you could do. It is. It, it really, and I call it, you're the storyteller of the uh, of yes. the undead. Yes. You are the person who is going to tell this person. Like, you get to see every aspect of this person. You know how nervous they were. Mm-hmm. You know what they last ate. You know, ate. Yep. you know how, you, you can see everything. Like, you mm-hmm. literally see the direction of what killed them based yep. on what hit them. So, if their eyes are fixated or... Their petechiae eyes on a certain area, you'd be like, they, they didn't even see what killed them. You can tell how long they were in pain. Like you literally have the the reins to be able to dictate this person's life to their loved ones. And right. and people like the only the only difficult part, if I had to pick one, was probably like talking to the family. But even talking with the family was something I became acclimated to. Like it, it got to one where it's like, okay, here's the first viewing. Oh no, this is not him. I said, you're sure. Because his dental records match, the fingerprints match, and why would it, they often say it's not the person? Because it's, it's doubt. It's the process. Still, I don't want to accept the person. It's, 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 it's the it's the it's the it's the approach of uh, what's it called? The denial. The, okay. They don't. They haven't accepted it yet. And usually, like whenever you need someone to sign, because we can't complete the autopsy until they sign off. Mm-hmm. So I usually have to go in to get this sign off, and I usually I'm, and I'm a hundred percent. I go and I say, now let me tell you. I, I hear you. You're probably you're. There's a great. There's a possibility that the DNA and everything that's going to come back isn't going to match, and you're going to be absolutely right. But if you're wrong, he's going to go back into a freezer, and he's going to turn a little bit grayer. His eyes are going to look a little darker, and he's going to become less and less humane. But I promise you, if you can let me get this done within eight hours, I can give him the ability to be rest in peace, and you can see him open casket. You will be able to see your loved one. The way you best remember him for this condition. And a lot of parents break down. A lot of loved ones break down at that point because you're helping them through the progressions of denial. And now they can move on to anger or doubt or like anything other than than denial, which is the first one. I just need them to get past that first step. So my thing is always to get them to the next step. Did you watch American Sun? Everyone's told me to go watch that. I have it on that before. Possibly. Sometimes I don't even get to the point where, like, instead of I don't even engage with women if I don't think that you know. If I'm on the fence, like, if mm-hmm. like you know, sometimes because sometimes I date a girl who you know might not be 100 percent attractive to me. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, she like a six, but then you might have good conversation. Like, mm-hmm. oh, she's smarter. She got some stuff. She might be like, now she's sexy to me. Yeah. But like, but if I start the day or if we end up in like a, a space where something could happen and I find that I'm turned off, I'm like, what is the coolest way for me to get out of this? Because for men, it's not cool for us to just say no, no. to certain types of women, especially insecure women. They can even, you know, sometimes you even get worried that these women are going to say that you did something to them. No, and I think uh, 
I think TF North did a great job of this, but also my college did a great job of this because we had, you know, you have the basic sex ed, then we had like the athletic sex ed. When you go to a girl's house, girl's room, apartment, get it in a text. Yeah. Share, uh, share your location. If, if, if you're going to her room, take a picture of the front door and what it looks like when you first walk in. Yeah, you need something to make sure that they know. Is consent. So, what else would you do to make sure that that people know that she's so consented? So, those pictures are even just preempts because usually I've had this happen to a friend. He went in, had sex with a girl. He wanted to leave right away. She didn't want him to leave right away, so she tore up the room and said he assaulted her. Hmm. And came in. Officer, officer comes in, doesn't even check her body for injuries. Just sees the room in shambles and says, "Yep, this is clear sign of assault." Hmm. And he arrests the guy. Six weeks later, let him off, and she ends up getting off scot-free. Psychological disorder. Mm. And work at the uh, at the Boys and Girls Club, that needs to be what we can do. Yeah. If we need to work for the sorority and fraternity, that's what we need to do. If yeah. we need to save money and get back to the hood, then that's what we need to do. I appreciate when people say Jay-Z and Beyonce got blacker and blacker the more money they made. Yeah. And I think that that's like a thing for me. No. Like you need to be as the blackest I, I, as possible. I'm going I'm to throw some more gas your way because like I think ultimately uh, one thing that a lot of men don't realize when they're like coming of age is how important it, the drive of the woman they're into is. It's like if, if, if she really down for you, uh, a shout out to Eric and Shani, they're mask in public. Not a drop, not a problem at, you know, Millennium Park. It's definitely a problem on 110 and Crenshaw. The fund the police means let's not waste all this money on, you know, military grade equipment and giving police departments tanks and rubber bullets and, you know, tear gas canisters, you know, articles of war. And let's, you know, make sure every homeless person has a place to eat and sleep. How about, you know, we fund our educational system. How about we actually repair some of those roads that those tanks are actually fucking up? Defund the police means not giving police officers too much. It's a break. And America needs it. Black Americans need it. We're desperate for it. I have never called the police. I probably never will call the police. Because you call the police, someone has to go to jail. That's their mentality. I know this. I've worked with them. And it's amazing what is worthy of going to jail for. I don't talk to police. There was some company event that I was at and there was an officer there going around shaking hands, talking to people. I don't. I'm cool. Come on, man. It's not. It's not. Don't don't be like that. No, 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 no. You're a public servant. I can be however I want. You don't be like that. Defund the police means stop shooting people. How are the rules of engagement for the military not reflected on American citizens? The freedoms that they're fighting for, we are not allotted here in our own country. There are people in third world countries who will be treated better by our military than we will be by our police department. That is crazy to control our sex drives. I gotta go back to um to this text because I had never, you know, I had never had someone say, she said, 
She just sent an apology and was like, yeah, I never behaved like that before. It's been weighing heavy on my mind. I handled it completely wrong. And I'm sorry for putting you in that position. Um, that's a lie. <laughs> you don't think she's sorry? No, she's sorry, but yeah. that's not the first time she's done that. Uh, it was too natural, the way you described it to me. Uh, yeah, yeah, it yeah, was yeah, too yeah, comfortable. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something that you do for the first time, unexpectedly, you're sloppy with it. Yeah, 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 you're yeah. not well thought out. Something that you've practice traumatizing people with yeah. you're comfortable with it for for That's you right. to have diffused from the situation give it time to breathe and return and she's still in the same position doing the same thing that got you to walk away the first time is her saying your feelings do not matter yes yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i think you give her too much like that's real that's real no, I, I agree with that 100 i agree with that 100 and i could be reading this completely wrong but this is this is the aspect I'm looking at it from an offender position. Yeah, I've tr- I've been trained to see tendencies and traits in offenders. Yeah, these are traits in offender. If I was interviewing a sex offender, I would ask the person who I'm interviewing, did the person seem nervous or in a cold sweat or ex- easily excitable? Was he constantly looking over his shoulder? Or was he right. focused on you? Because someone who who had never done that before, or you know, would have been embarrassed if I said no and left the room. Exactly. But I, she came back. She was on a and it 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 really it effed me up. It was something like it was it was something maybe some feel like something was off about Shorty. Like why are you so pressed? No, we had we had got down before, but I mean I mean I'm sure I'm you know good, but like I mean ain't, ain't nobody sex good enough for you to be that thirsty, like bro. But yeah. while you talking, we do know people who will murder for sex. That's that's a fact. I never I, I but I had also drunk the Kool Aid and was naive. To the fact that women can just be as predatory as men can. I I, I think I first realized women could be more predatory uh, as predatory as men are. Uh, watching like uh, more like and it's funny because I think about like African movies, like these Bollywood movies, because they always show younger men being pursued by older women. Mm-hmm. It's also very prominent in anime and uh, Japanese culture, where these young boys seem to be followed by older women. And what you're describing there. It could be a fantasy for others, but in reality, that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's a sexual that's a form of sexual assault. That's definitely sexual assault. So it, it it's it harbors on these false fantasies, these false narratives that guys are always going to be into it, and it's a, once again it's leading into women because women see what men see, mm-hmm. and if you're seeing this false narrative that oh older women are allowed to chase men, but younger girls should be pursued, well when you're thinking that you're an older lady, well why can't I have him? Exactly. So it's a celebration. And I think like removing myself from the situation and just thinking about anything, it's a it's a weight off my back. Whenever the girl in my life wants to step up and play wear the pants in a relationship, have at it, Hans. If you're if you're wearing the pants in my relationship for any segment of it, it's because you've already seen how the pants fit on me. I've already led by example. Ooh. So by all means take the rein. I I I get insulted at times when I know she's paying and the waiter hands me the check and I say that's kind of disrespectful and it might affect your tip it's like excuse me she's paying and he's the look on their face because not even the because they're expecting yeah, you in some the, ways the, to pay yeah, the capital the capital world in itself hasn't accepted the fact that women run shit these days who run the world so like I'm okay with it once again I, I beat my dick with my own hand. Like, I don't need anyone to tell is me. Is masturbation really good for the soul? It is. 
Mm. If you can't love yourself, how are you going to teach someone else? But to? how is that like how? some people don't like masturbation? No, they're liars. Some people are liars is what no, I mean. No, I'm serious. Do you masturbate? I, I'm not talking about this on the show. If that ain't the biggest yes I ain't heard in my life. I said, I'm not talking about this. If that ain't the biggest yes I... No, that's not what I said. I'm really being serious. Because let's talk facts now. The response time in the hood is much lower. I mean, much higher in the sense that it takes longer for them to get there than it is in the affluent area. So police weren't coming on time anyway. Even though they're supposedly supposed to be stationed, more of them stationed there in the first place. Even though white and black people smoke weed at the same rate. Police still find a way to target black people more often than not. Excessive use of force. 12 times more likely to happen to you if you're brown or black. Police aren't. The police haven't helped black people. They might have helped white people. They aren't helping. I mean, the police haven't helped black people. They might have helped white people, but they're not helping us. So there's a, and once again, they weren't designed to help us. So there's a, there's a real reason here for us to want to get away from them. And when I say defund the police, it doesn't just mean the police, the police unions. Let's do something about that. They don't need the power. Like this little short shit right here, the balls of this guy. To be talking all the shit when there's a police department that did this to a 75 year old man. Like the balls of these unions. Like the fear of look like uh, Karen McMuffin over here. Afraid to like the hysteria. This 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 bitch has a weapon. Look at the hysteria. This is someone I'm supposed to trust with my life. Nah, get your ass out of here. Oh, look at me over here being honored. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I'm blushing underneath all this chocolate, but we're not here to talk about my chocolate. We're here to talk about your chocolate today because I was being... I was no. Let's do a little. Let's do a little rewind. A rewind. Okay. Can you tell us how we got here? Can we tell? Can you tell the people how we got here? How I was being nosy and and fishing around your DMs trying to be slick. Can you tell them how how I got here? Yes. So I posted something on my Instagram. Um, I think it went something like, oh, my soulmate probably lost. And then it had the little emoji, the little talking emoji saying Marco. Um, and I was just putting it up because I put funny things on my story. Um, they're not necessarily applicable to my life. Um, and Hero sent me something back, and I don't remember exactly what you said, but I was like, that is the least of my concern. Oh, I think you said, actually, you you said dating during the Rona. I, I believe that's what you said. I think I th- it went something about, like, me being nosy, I was probably saying something along the lines, like, geez, like, you know, I'm a very, I read into people's text messages and, like, statuses. Everyone says, don't read too much into my status. It's just something I put up there. But me, personally, I take those things serious. Not necessarily serious, like, I want to investigate it, but it means something to me because I'm a, a inherently aware that we're going through a very dire situation right now where sometimes people might be throwing out fishing lines with no bait and they and that's not a reason for you not to get caught up so i think it's imperative that if there's someone you call your friend 
even if it's a, a missing gnome, you should check on that. You should you should look on to that. But I I particularly found it interesting because the topic made me think about how would someone in a relationship right now or how is someone who's dating right now handle this pandemic? Like what would what would be your uh impromptu response to how everything is going so I, we had a little bit of a dialogue back and forth but i had to get to know you a little bit better in order to have this pointed conversation with you there's a few things about you that are particularly interesting you are a member of the ak organization is that, am, I, am i saying that right because i'm not greek so i don't know if i ever if i mess this up what's the proper name for it say it for me real quick alpha kappa alpha sorority incorporated See, I would have bit my tongue like twice right there. I'm happy you are here for me because I needed help. And you have a lot of specific talents. You you are an extremely graceful dancer. I have seen your dancing. Uh, fellas, check it out. <laughs> this is me. This is me giving the hero stamp of approval. Okay, <laughs> let's, thank you. Let's... Thank you. Message. If... You know, if you're talking to your administration, if you're talking to NCAA, your your future players, your current players, you know, what is the finite message you want to be sent out about what you're doing, how you're doing it, and why times like this require, you know, steadfast decision and decisive making, uh, dis- decisive decision making that you've made out? Um, well, for me, it, it, the recipe is going to be as simple. It's going to be just be prepared to adapt and adjust regardless of whatever we want to think, there is a new normal. Um, Will it ever go back to being the normal that it was before? Probably not. Is there an opportunity for there to be a better normal? Yes, there is. Okay. Because now we have more information and we're able to make, you know, more conscious decisions um, based on new information that has came in. So uh, for me, just being able to adapt and adjust to anything and everything that's going on, and, um, you know, if you're always prepared, it'll never it'll never catch you off guard. So no, regardless definitely. of regardless of whatever that may be, you just got to be prepared and, and, and be ready. So you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable right now. No. And from the sounds of it, I have no doubt that your girls will be ready to go out there and ball out when the opportunity presents itself, because clearly right. you have a plan. Clearly, you're steady fast in your decisiveness and you lead. By example, you have no problem speaking your mind. And, you know, like I said in the beginning, if anyone, no one's told you to say I'm proud of you and it, and Thank your you. work will pay off and it will continue to prosper. So I want uh, to just say thank you. Right. Um, so anyway, he was like, that's no problem. I will clean it up. You know that I want you. You're the only person I want, which I truly believe I was the only person. Um, but after that... Um, and this was, there was probably actually a gap in time from step A to step B. But anyway, um, back to the phone. Something just told me, look through his camera roll, girl. So I'm like, okay, inner voice. I will look through his camera roll. So (laughs) here I am, you know, being a little detective. (sighs) Y'all. What you find? <clears throat> I didn't find one picture. I didn't find two pictures. I found three pictures. Whoa, whoa, whoa. okay, wait, wait, wait. Is he? Is he? In, is he in these pictures with these girls? No. 
Okay. All right. So I'm I'm trying I'm trying to save you, Daquan, or whoever you are. He wasn't in these pictures. All right. So would it be fair to say that these were probably trophy photos? Like women women show off. I've had a few nurses, a few lawyers, a few doctors send me photos of themselves in business attire with a little extra. Like women do that. And granted, what's the relative of time? Like were these pictures sent three weeks ago? Like during y'all relationship, or was this like? three years ago because i keep some trophies but i definitely have them behind a encryption like i don't keep them on the roll yeah so i think um i don't remember all the dates but i know one was like the day after my birthday and he hung out with me like he came to my party on my birthday and then i'm like the next day you getting pictures of naked women oh my god um on a scale of one to ten rank rank the girls rate them on on a scale of one to ten. On a scale of one to ten, from what I you know I, I what I remember, I think I would put one of them probably um, at a negative five. Um, one would probably I'd say uh, about a, a point five, and okay, positive. And then the other one probably like a negative twenty. All right. So, yeah, I mean, the fire is real. We do. We do. And really what it comes down to that I feel a lot of people have aren't aren't inherently aware of is that uh, like this started as a a get out of free jail card for me. And Eric jumped on board because he has a bunch of ideas. And as you guys will find out throughout this conversation and through our future conversations and even a lot of the past, our friendship was kind of mended on off of this podcast. Our friendship is built around this podcast. So I don't get to, I don't get to like pull my punches with Eric because Eric will eat me alive if I don't come correct. Like it's just we hold each other to a certain level. And I and we 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 elegantly tote that line of you can disagree and still be friends. I think that's a big thing going on right now. That's yeah. a, like I've seen that post a lot on the social medias. Um, all of Eric's information on how to reach him. He's never going to answer you on social media unless it's like in the comment sections of a video. So don't waste yep. your time. He doesn't care about your feelings. So like, if you want to, if you really want to make a, a, make it known to him that you're saying some shit to him, you need to find him on the, on the comment section of our videos. So like yeah. share, subscribe. since you left us, I think we're at like 150. We were like at 150. We're at 171 right now. So, you oh, know, man. we're trying to get to the 200 subscribers. <laughs> yes. We're going to make <laughs> it happen. I want a I, plaque on the back of the wall. I, I would love a, a a silver plaque, a gold plaque, a platinum plaque from YouTube. That would be, that would say something. We, that's that's a lot of hard comparing work. Ourselves, we're constantly comparing ourselves to uh, Abe and Preach. And I feel like we, sh- we, we can be better than them. Like yes. all the respect to them, but we can be better than them. Yeah. I, I'm a way better editor than Abe. I mean, like, I feel like our- and you're a way better dresser. Listen, I, I love those are my dudes. Oh, come on but- now. I'm literally wearing a T-shirt <laughs> I stole from Toronto. <laughs> OK, OK. Well, listen, it, at least you twist your hair. My man is. Pause. My man is not a bad looking dude, but I just like my man. Can you just clean your nails and just get a fade for your boy every now and again? Maybe hey, he don't have to look good for me. I mean, he's still bagging them down, apparently. Cause they blowing them up in the DM. So hey, no shade to my guy. Shout out to Ivan Preach, man. We love y'all. Hey, y'all we are, support you guys. hundred percent. I'll even put a. 
I'll put a link down there because I, I feel like they're popular amongst like black men and black. Oh yeah, for sure. But like, I don't think a lot of people know about them, so I'll put their link in the description below. I don't think they need it. They're they're clearly beast on their own rights. But hundred percent. It's maybe, just maybe it's just pure and am- it's just pure admiration. It's like we're yeah, like we're point. like an American version of them that nobody knows about. <laughs> Except <laughs> <need> to find. <laughs> and his name you is know, Eric Preach. His name's Eric Preach. I'm just Eric. Damn, it, we 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 gonna find our footing. Somebody's gonna pay us for this one day. Somebody's gonna pay us for this, or oh, maybe 100. our kids will just be laughing at this in the future. Either whichever, way, good. whichever Either comes way. first. Yeah, but I think there's a healthy group of women out there who will think of themselves as being something, and when a man doesn't validate that, that man becomes an issue. And you know what? And and it's both end right. It's like it's toxic when men do it, and it's toxic when women do it, and it's like. The idea that, the idea that, um, like I think this word, like the, the these these words get thrown around to denigrate men, without much context. Sometimes, like um, you know, if if a guy turns down sex, oh, he's a. It, it, a couple things happen. Sometimes they internalize. There's a couple of points I want to make. I was yeah. thinking about it. Couple things happen. One, they may internalize it and say mm-hmm. something's wrong with me. Yeah. Two, oh, he's gay. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> That's my favorite. You boy. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Three, oh, oh, he misled me. He's a fuck boy. Yeah. He led me on. Now all of a sudden he's not interested in me. Or you know. Mm-hmm. And I hate when they throw around fuck boy because something didn't work out, yeah. and not because somebody is actually problematic. Because yeah. they're mad problematic dudes out here. No, for sure. But. Him saying no ain't one of the reasons he's problematic. No, and I and I'll take it a step further because I mean I played in the NFL. I've had my fair share of threesomes. I've done it all. I've I've experienced the sexual spectrum for women and men that I've um, I've ever wanted to, and I'm completely content with it. But it got to a point my sophomore year where I realized, like, damn, if I don't have a meaningful connection with this woman, I can't get it up. Like that's something that dawned on me, and it. it it didn't register. I thought this was my classic, oh shit, yeah, you know this don't ever happen. And I was like, damn, I can't get it up. I'm, oh, my bad. But it, what I, yeah. what it happened was the next time I was with a girl, I had gone on several dates with her. I had chilled with her on some private times. It wasn't about sex. And then when we were finally ready to take that sexual step, I went four rounds. I was out here trying to blow the bed up. Right. But I ah, and I so couldn't. You have to be emotionally connected. I have to, and that's when it dawned on me. I need to have an emotional connection. My girl needs to want me as much as I want her. And if anything is wrong, if I accidentally, if I accidentally like get into into, and you say ouch, I immediately cower out because mm-hmm. it's like, did I hurt you? Are you okay? Like I'm so in tune to what your body wants and needs, and I and I don't even feel like a man if you didn't get yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. So immediately, Sounds like good. I was like, damn. I can't believe this is happening to me. And it now helped me register about all those times that I probably had sex with a girl. And at the end of it, I didn't feel proud of myself. Have you ever felt like you were forced to... Now, what we, we're only talking about men. I don't want to make it sound like we're um, comparing what we go through to what women go through. Sure. Because it's far worse. And, you know, women are assaulted. is different. Sure. But So we're only talking about us. But have you ever felt like you were coerced or pressured in having sex with women you didn't want to have sex with? I have. When I was in the NFL, I did. Mm. In the NFL, I'll put you on some game. We get two rooms. Mm. 
The first room is our real room. The second room is connected to it and it's our dummy room. If someone ever knocks on our dummy room, which is the room that is listed on the hotel's computer, we know that this person hacked the computer to get our listings or someone who paid for it. The, our second room is always a hidden room. So if anyone knocks on our dummy room, we go to our up your diet and eating more vegetables and drinking more water. Duh. Eating healthy and eating right is healthy and right. This is not debatable. It is also not something that should garner the hope he got. But how did Dr. Sebi uh, get this name and acquire this title? So let's, we have to go back to the past and we have to talk about Nipsey Hussle in order to better understand this situation. Nipsey Hussle, and I'm going to say some things about people who have passed who cannot defend themselves, but I adhere you. Please defend them if you want to in the comment section, but I mean no disrespect when I bring Nipsey Hussle's name into this. I didn't know who he was before he died, and I only figured out who he was after he passed away, and I started to learn a little bit more about him. But as a onward trajectory, I never really found him appealing. I never found his art stand appealing. I never found his lifestyle appealing but that is me i'm a nerd i'm a weeb i'm a dweeb get over it nipsey hustle mentioned alfredo bowman on the breakfast club before his passing and mentioned how this guy had came up with these diseases uh, found cures for these diseases that there's no cure for the diseases he's mentioning and the way he decided to talk about it like mucus mucus which is which he believed was the cause of it he would have been way better off saying like an itis of some sort some type of uh inflammation inflammation is really the the killer of the body um he would have been better off going that route because mucus is how we blink mucus is that when the girl gets wet that's mucus the digestive track the thing that is su surrounding the internal digestive tract of your stomach from the hydrochloric acid in your belly is mucus the, the vile ducts, that stuff you cough up in a dust storm, that's mucus. It stops bad things from going into your lungs. Mucus literally keeps your body moisturized so you don't snap, crackle, pock when you walk down the street. It's all there. So he doesn't, and this is, once again, I don't know why, the fact that I'm even talking about this is it, it's crazy on its own, but this is a guy who admitted, admittedly never even had a high school diploma, and he was able to fool college degree students. That's this. That's to show you the power of want, the longingness for the black community for a black hero. We desire one, and we haven't had one. We've lost two. Rip Lewis, his name's escaped me. I don't know this guy's name. He died right after him. I never knew. I didn't know who he was, but I'm gonna put his picture up here too. We're losing our black heroes, and we're not gaining any back. He looks unwell and there and the thing about it is like when he started having breakdowns people wanted to go up and hug him these are the same people these are the same losers i hate these people because they'll see you suffering and and because they're not equipped oh, well of course they're not equipped to digest a, a, adult type issues they think hugging it out is what's going to make it better these are the people that think like hugging your thy enemy he wants to kill you there is no hugging it out. Kanye West is not well. Hugging him is not going to make you feel better. Uh, but make him feel better. But it will make you feel better. Because you're doing something, right? 
What you're doing is wasting time and space and refusing to acknowledge how you are part of the problem. Every single person in this room, besides the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic, like he's so irresponsible. We're in the middle of a pandemic, no social distancing, no face mask. They're sharing, passing mic to mic, and he's going to go home tonight to his wife and child. This is how many cases South Carolina or wherever the hell he had the campaign has. He has a wife and child. He's going to go there to him. But let's talk about his child because that's what really brought out the emotion. North is her name. There and they stay there. Mm. But when you get on YouTube, it's a different beast. So if you're active on your YouTube you always want to collab with somebody. And that's why I've been doing so many Zoom interviews lately because the more people I get to see their friend on here, the more chance, the better my chances are. Like, it's one of those, it's literally, if you make it, I make it. Dude, maybe, maybe we've been going at this wrong. Maybe we take our, our long format videos and we just take a snippet out less than 10 minutes, maybe less than eight minutes, you know, maybe like five to six minutes, depending on the cut. And just put it together and put it out and 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 put put a bit more of a catchy or uh, provocative t- uh, title to it, one that won't get us flagged or or shadow banned or co- or a community strike, and just put it up. I mean, it's going to be very difficult because listen, I'm a I'm in a woke generation. I am not with the woke division, but I will, I will, I will cry wolf in my heartbeat. I will say YouTube is racist and a hot mess. <laughs> I will pull the card. I was like, they're discriminating against me because I'm African-American and I'm I'm speaking my mind. I think it's very, very bad. I I will do it in a heartbeat. Don't test me. Recently, Savant, this king amongst peasants. And he was a he was he was a known local joker. That's a term from Pine Bluff. Means means you've been here so long. Nothing surprises you anymore. Like you're just it. You know what's going on in a nothing-ass town. How much do you know? That's crazy. But this guy sold the dreams. You know, he sold those lies. And the thing that brought him to prominence fame is because Nipsey Hussle said that we should protect this guy. He said we should protect him. And to imply that the information he knew was readily available or readily, you know, and Nipsey Hussle in that interview told lies because there's no way Nipsey Hussle saw the peer-reviewed data paper and digested I'm just going to assume that Nipsey Hussle does not have a does not readily understand the integral parts about virology, DNA, mesh mRNA and the ability to a, an epi, an epidemiology. I'm going to assume this about this this guy who was around. This is me being biased. But I can say that because he said that he saw it and he believed it. Which can't be possible. So when Nipsey Hussle then died the way he died, it made it seem as if, you know, there was a conspiracy out. And and people love conspiracies. The, the truth is boring. But that conspiracy will sell tickets. I, I hit my I hit my homegirl up on uh, IG. She put something out there. She hasn't been on the podcast yet, so I can't say her name. But she said, the time it take a lie to travel, the, by the time the truth puts on his shoes, the lie would have made it around the world. That that sits with me because it sits with how the black community will share something. How many times have I 
how many times have i said to somebody this is gutter trash why did you post this i just shared it as an opinion bitch no one cares about your opinion and if you had one you didn't put it there you just shared it and put put the emoji thinking about it you are an idiot you stress me out because you have kids you've multiplied like oh hey but pushing forward like that but no definitely definitely and before we before i let you go i'm gonna i'm gonna poke in your business can you tell us what those goals are the top nine goals are oh man um (laughs) that's interesting all right so the top nine goals one is pray every day uh write every day study every day work out five times a week clean eating five days a week um, pay your tithes and offering 10% every week. Uh, don't be a fool. Weigh in at 225. You know, I want to get down to 225. And number nine is create a five-year plan. All right, all right. I'm, I don't need no contents on that. I don't need to know no updates on it. But that man has a whiteboard <laughs> with nine goals on it. <laughs> The thing, the thing that we want to really continue to do out here is identify with each other as I try to identify with you. And that's what we were able to do here today. So I hope you guys learned something. We, you know, we have 197 identifiers and we just need to get to that 200 mark. I know it's, by the time this video drops, we're going to have 200 identifiers. And if you guys don't know what identifiers are, it's something, you know, Coop just put me on game instead of calling them like believers and followers. No, they're identifiers because that's what we do here. We try to identify with each other as we all try to identify with you. So that's what we've done here today. And just real quick, you give us a rundown of your information as far as, you know, where we can find you and, you know, what we need to, what information and social media we need to be in contact with so that we can stay in touch with you. Yeah, you can find um, me on Facebook and Instagram. Um, on Facebook, you can just search my name, Christopher Cooper, and you can also find Super C Group on Facebook. You can just search Super C Group. That's Super S U P E R C E D E Group G R O U P, and it'll pop up. You will see our Super C Group lo- um, brand logo. You can also follow Simeon Brown as well. That's Simeon S I M E O N B R O W N. You can also follow us on Instagram, Super C Group, just one one word, Super C Group. And you can also follow me on Instagram um, at Coop, C-O-O-P, 7071. And contact us that way. We'll be gladly to help you out with any financial literacy, any credit issues. Um, if you're in the state of Illinois, um, you can always reach me, reach out to me if you got any issues with personal injuries or workers' compensation. I'll be gladly to be your lawyer in those situations. Um, but yeah, I'm planning on being licensed in multiple states. And when I get to those other states, then you can reach out to me on those other states as well. And then I'll be and gladly to assist you in those. And, and all his information will be in the link in the comment section below. So don't stress if you didn't get it all in. But, uh, like she said, you know, we we going international, we going global with this. Um, I think uh, I'm real big on just taking advantage of opportunities. I mean, that's one thing this quarantine has taught me. It was like, you know, I spent a lot of time just on financial literacy. You know, there's been a ton of things that you put off to the side 
And I think during coronavirus, people really had opportunity to, you know, get into the stock market, get into the real estate game, get into just different financial literacies that I wouldn't have had time to on the day to day working. So I just think people need to take advantage of opportunities in time because, you know, we may not, we may never have another opportunity like this to really fine tune whatever skill sets. I mean, I had a friend the other day. He went back to school. He's doing an online MBA. You know, I mean, that's something he's been putting off since graduating in 2013. So I just think I'm real big on opportunity. So I'm trying to seize every opportunity I have and motivate people to seize the opportunity they have to, you know, achieve whatever they kind of put on the back burner. Because whether it's working out, eating right, I mean, everybody can, you know, kind of stick to that list or New Year's resolution, put that back, you know, on the front side and, and take advantage of the time that you have right now. So that's kind of something I'm really, really passionate about is, is opportunities. I really like that aspect of it, but I want to be able to say I can do it. Yeah, that, that means a lot. Um, you know, we've talked about it before, but I have a surgeon that I, and she used to work with me quite often. I don't see her as much anymore. And I asked her this question. I was like, why don't you think um, more black people are in the medical field, especially in the surgeon's capacity? You see, and this is a, a, a liberal white lady in her 40s. And she told me, Eric, because you don't see anyone black doing what you're doing. It's like we only become what we, what we can imagine. And if you don't see it, then how do you know that you can do it? And she said, there's a rare few people who, who can rise above that. But for the majority of us, that's not true. It just doesn't happen. And I was like, and if she has good enough sense to be able to recognize that, then we as a group of people should have enough sense to know that if we're going to get into a field and we want to affect some change in that way and diversify the representation that, yeah, we have to grind hard, just as hard as anybody else, do the work, and then be there so that the young people or the people who are who didn't even know the possibility can say, oh, yo, this guy's no, not any more special than me, then I can hop in too. And low-key, if I get cool with this dude, he can help me uh, shorten my learning curve and you know avoid some obstacles that he ran into so it's a bit easier for me you know and i'll definitely give a shout out to dr morani he's an indian man uh, mm -hmm. but he's uh he's our uh liver surgeon out here and he he was ecstatic when he first met me because uh i told him like oh he's from toronto so he knows dr uh shaft Kashefji and all of them and i was just like yeah i worked with them with the vop and he was just like wow like that tgh is like so well known for it to be like a toronto hospital is internationally known and you know he was like so he you know he just had to push away he just had to push on like so what are you doing like what are you gonna do with them like oh well i'm trying to get in pa school he's trying to keep me out here he was straight <laughs> up he said i'll talk to whoever you want me to talk to like he he was like it it brings me joy to see someone of your tenacity and capability trying to be more like mm. especially now i feel like if you're trying to get into the medical field or if you're trying to do anything like let's take into consideration that the rona has de derailed a lot of things and yes. we're not going to discount the the mental uh influx mental deflux that is had on people and just the financial burdens all these things that horrible things happen but we've now reached a point where you can say you're plateauing because you're starting to get your footing. You can get beat up in the first two rounds, but that third round, you need to start bobbing and weaving. You need to start returning the jabs. And yep. I think like that's what I've started to realize in this at this point moment in the pandemic. All right, 
I'm no longer concerned about certain things. I'm still obviously concerned about the disease, but how am I going to fight in this pandemic to start yeah. getting bigger, better, and faster? You know? Yeah. yeah, I think this is a time that's kind of made um, me and my wife sit down and we were already, we already had forward thinking ideas, but the situation actually made us make a faster pivot than we anticipated. Um, it made us be more aggressive with our businesses, our savings, our investing. And that's what the path I'm on right now. I've been, and here knows me, I've been on a, um, a serious, the last two years, I've gotten really serious about learning how to trade foreign exchange commodities. Um, and that's where I'm at. And I finally have a legit system that I've, that I'm comfortable with. That's very, very, very predictable. And I'm getting my feet wet and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm stumbling here a little bit, but you know, I got to get uh, iron out the wrinkles. And once, once I put this crease in, it's a wrap, man. Like, um, I've got money set aside. I'm going to dump it in the market and I'm going to get busy. And my goal is to, to, to walk away from my job in six months to a year. Once I get that to that point of comfortability and I know it's going to happen, but if I didn't have this, this, this situation come to make me reframe and, re and refocus, I would have just limped along with the life that I had because I make pretty good money. Um, I make comfortable money. That's what I'll say. My wife makes comfortable money. Her business does very well. Um, and she has, and she's a personal trainer. She has private clients. She works at a boutique fitness place and she has a network marketing business that she's successful in. So, I mean, she brings in almost as much money as I do with my full time job. And so, you know, at some point you got to think about how do you help as many people as possible? You got to have that time where you got to have the position and a certain a niche skill set that is extremely coveted in order to be able to convince people to come and listen to the information that you have so that you can help them um, get go uh, farther faster than you did. I mean, here yeah, and I are, sure. in our, are in our 30s. You know what I mean? I'm going to be 34 um, in October. Hero is going to be 32 in September. So, you know, we're really, we're at that point in our life where we've got a lot of things figured out. And I think like to what you were saying, once we get our feet set in the place we want to be, it's going to open the door for so many people to come behind us. No, absolutely. And I mean, we're, we're literally, uh, we're writing our history as we speak, but I mean, that's neither here or there. We, we can go on and on, but that's for shout out to, uh, Freshman, Chris Coop, he out here buying essential employees lunch. And when you can't, when he can't, you know, when there's 25 people he wanted to buy for and 35 people submit, he finds a way to get those 10 extra people a meal. Find a way of showing that you are not just on social media to talk about you. I've been trying to actively do this more. If you're re if you're watching this and you have a product, DM me. I I will talk about your product on my podcast. I'll do that. I don't give a damn. Uh, content is content to me, and if, at least I know one person will watch it. That's more than enough for me. I got videos that have been up for two years and don't got ten views. Get fucked. Let's be great together. Check on your people. They need you. I, this is something I talked about to myself personally because there's people I don't, I I just don't. <laughs> I don't, but I, I am available. And this is something that I like to like speak to. My friends 
and and if you've been noticing this, you need to pay attention to these. Let me give you some warning signs of people who are reaching out and who need your help. If there are people calling you in the middle of the night, they need you. You need to be active paying attention to them you need to actively be talking to people within their circle figuring out what their day-to-day is like because being at home is is definitely hurting people i'm not gonna sit here and deny it i'm not gonna sit here and sugarcoat it it is tough if you think this is bad we have electricity running water electricity internet tv and we're still suffering the psychological ramifications of isolation Solitary confinement all of a sudden becomes a lot more inhumane, doesn't it? Maybe we should abolish that bullshit too. He's already in prison. He'll be fine. Psychological warfare is dangerous and this is some of the repercussions of it. We need to check on each other. Don't be too big. Don't be too proud. Check on someone. It's okay. No one... No one's going to call you a pansy for doing it. I'm seeking in my life. But as always, the identity booth exists for a few reasons. But one of the most important reasons is to identify with people as they continue to identify with me. And there have been so many people that have identified with me throughout this process. And I just want to say thank you for being there. No matter what you've done for the identity booth or Project DTO, whether it was donation, subscribing, liking, sharing, comment, like, whatever. I appreciate you. And it means a lot to me because support is free over here. I'll never really ask for anything other than your support. So for all you guys that have been sticking around and making it through these uh, technical difficulties and random uh, video drops, I appreciate it. And I want you to know I really do, really do love the community that I've created as small as it is because it's still my community and it means a lot to me. So You guys take care of yourself and I'll be checking in on you real soon, sooner than later, I promise. All right. Take care.